The San Jose Sharks have made an absolute clusterfuck of moves. A lot of things around the NHL have happened, and it's time for Teal Tinted Glasses to weigh in. So here we go, Teal Tinted Glasses. But of course, if you want to be part of the show, be sure to follow us on all the social media. You know where to find us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, maybe, probably not. You know, all those things uh, at TealTownUSA.com. But we got a lot to get through, so let's get to the show. Uh, tonight, as always, is Mr. Kevin Lacey. Kevin Lacey, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I feel like I am in the half of the teal town usa family who's okay i don't know if anyone's truly happy with what's happened but i think i'm at least okay with what's happened because i'm excited to see where things go i think this is going to be a very interesting show for everyone to watch tonight because i think all three of us have very different opinions about where the franchise is going and what's happened here. So, uh, but we will all try to remain friends by the end of this. That's true. That's, so, that's the goal. If we're friends by the end, I think we've done something good. Hockey Jerk, what are you, what's your thoughts on Teal together? Friends? Yes, healing together. No, I mean, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm listening to Kevin talk and he, he sounds like somebody who just got a four year deal from Mike Greer. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we are state I, media. I, <laughs> 38-year-old right-handed defenseman, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, you know what? Uh, I read the stats. You had a pretty good season this past uh, this past one. No, you know what? I'm good. I uh, I feel like <clears throat> the, uh, the line of uh, happiness with the day's events, really the week's events, um, I feel like I've jumped back and forth across the line. Um, so, you know, depending on when it's my turn to talk later tonight, I guess we'll figure out what side of the line I'm on. Sounds good. Uh, as for me, I am at Ian Bloggs Hockey. I don't have a thingy on the screen. I don't know what happened there. That's fine. You guys know who I am. Um, this could be my <laughs> final Greer show. Mike Greer traded it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He traded my nameplate. Uh, this could be my final show. Because oh, as no. you can see, I am going to get hired by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, wow. my fandom isn't wow. for free, but it can be bought. Yeah. The, the Sioux Greyhounds connection right there. Yeah, and I know some people are going to be like, but Ian, you weren't actually a Greyhound. And and you're right. I was never actually a Greyhound. But when I was like 12 in the old arena, I used to sell pop during Greyhound games. Like I had a little cart that I'd carry around and sell pop to people in the stands. I got to watch like the third period for free. Good times. Good times. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it and, could happen. And- and for those of you out here in California, first off, he said pop and not so uh, something else that starts with pa. Um, just so you know, we're a family friendly <laughs> show, despite that intro. Um, and uh, pop is cola or soda. soda. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, well, that's just my 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 seat kicking in there. And yeah. And, and, you know, you so you know, as you said, you know, obviously you sold some soda back in the day you know i don't want to you know we don't want to get into too much inside baseball but you were pretty friendly with a former greyhound as well so it's true <laughs> hey my question is we're not going to start the show off with let's talk about the soda decisions at sap center are we we could no no i mean that for another time right? i'm personally thrilled about it but we don't have to talk oh. about it <laughs> <laughs> i mean big I feel news bad. big news i i i feel bad 
but but as as a person who drinks diet pop soda whatever like i feel bad for you guys because diet coke's ass (laughs) there you have it all right um so i figured when i was trying to do the notes for today to try and figure out where to start because there's so much has happened since we were here last and this is like our real first real talk about the sharks show Right. We haven't really done that. It's it's always been like, ah, you know, this guy's happening over here. And what's this team going to do? And what's that team going to do? Like tonight, it's a lot of shark stuff. So I figured the best place to start, I guess, would be with the Balsers buyout and then kind of work our way forward from there. So I know there's going to be stuff that has been covered on other shows. Uh, Bear with me, won't spend a bajillion time on it, but I figured it was a good place to start because I think it has to do with the entire big picture for since Micro has basically taken over, right? I mean, that's kind of the first roster related move, I guess you could say, unless you want to count, you know, QOs for restricted free agents. But I feel as though the Balsers buyout, that's kind of the first move that directly impacts the NHL roster. Yeah, so I figure that's a good place to start. I mean, we can, we, if, if you guys want to talk about Dolan and everything else, we can definitely touch on that too. Um, but Rudy Balser's obviously had a year left on his contract, paying him 1.55 uh, million. Um, and it was, I think, 1.85 million in, in real dollars. Gets bought out by Mike Greer. The cap hit? I mean, he. If you're going to pick a guy to buy out, I mean, the, based on the cap hit for the buyout, it's painless. Uh, $8,334 mm-hmm. this year, $300,000 next year. Um, Balsers had 11 goals and 12 assists, 23 points, minus three, uh, and 20 penalty minutes in 61 games. Uh, so, I mean, he did put points on the board, probably not as many as you would like for a guy that was put in the position that he was in. But he, you know, he did put points on. I, I, I know he, he got moved down the lineup more as, as time went on. But for the start of the season, I mean, he was basically, you know, he was basically in your top, in your top six. Um, so, jerk, I, what are your, what were your thoughts on the, on the Balsers buyout? So, and you know, for those of you who listen to me on the thirty other podcasts I do. Uh, <laughs> Big fan of Balsers, so I was obviously very disappointed to see to see him get bought out. And I think, as you said, Ian, you know, you probably want more from him in the mm-hmm. offense department. Um, but I think if you look, I mean, pretty much since he um, since he got stapled with Bordalo uh, and Noah Gregor towards the end of the year was when his play really started to take off. I mean, he put up, uh, you know, three goals and two assists in that period. I mean, that's you know, that's 20 25% of his offense from the season was you know in the last month so <clears throat> it had seemed like he was finally in a position where he could best thrive and best provide positive positivity to the sharks i ultimately grand scheme of things i think you can find guys like balsers pretty easily i think they are a dime a dozen guys but at the same time with where this team is going you know there has been a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty over the last few years and i think balsers has been one of the few guys where he's been consistent like yeah you're not going to get you know 20 goals and and you know 50 points from him but you know you can put him on your third line and he'll chip in you can have him kill penalties and he'll do that really effectively and it i from the cap perspective i understand it but Mm -hmm. the player itself i mean it seems like a player the sharks would want to keep and 
you know, the one particular signing from today, I won't say which one just yet, Mm -hmm. but there's one particular signing from today that kind of reinforces that for me where, okay, you went out and you signed this guy or you could have just kept the one you already had. Fair enough. Yeah. Kevin, uh, your thoughts. Uh, well, Rudy Balsers, you know, is a player that we all like. We've, mm. we've talked about him for years back when he was on the Barracuda before he was traded to Ottawa and then brought back. And we were pretty happy about that. He had some success in his first season back with the Sharks. But last season, he really struggled while getting more ice time. He was primarily playing top six minutes. He had a couple of injuries here and there. But for the most part, he was playing with Tomash Hurdle and Alexander Barabanov and then didn't do anything. And by didn't do anything, I mean, he had chance after chance after chance to put the puck in the net. And it was always in the pad, in the blocker. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was always something where it was like, oh, man, if he just had a little bit more, he'd have 25 goals this season with the number of chances that he was getting on the ice. And it just wasn't happening. So I don't blame the Sharks for buying him out. I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't, I mean, again, we we don't know what trade offers were put out there, um, but this is a player who was acquired by waivers to begin with, so yeah. his trade value is not going to be very high at all. And then he can't finish, basically. Yeah. Um, there were players who surpassed him in the depth chart as the season went on. And again, this is a season where the Sharks struggled to put up offense, and Balsers, to me, was one of the, the big focal points of that. So... At the $1.6 million contract per year, I believe, or salary per year, I believe he was at, uh, that, I wouldn't take that contract on for a guy who can't put up uh, nearly as much offense for the number of chances that he gets. So, yeah, you know, again, we like Rudy Balsers, but this is not a surprise. Um, is Let me ask you this, though. Is it fair, and if you feel it is, then by all means say so, but is it fair to judge you know with that kind of mindset because you know he was as you said he was injured um twice he did have the COVID as well and i i think with him i think with dolan as well i i understand if you want to kind of reimagine the look of the middle six i get it and i support it but i feel like those two guys in particular have been in my opinion unfairly judged where you know it's almost like, how dare you not be able to score while you're injured or have the coronavirus? You know what I mean? And I don't know that that's fair. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is that I don't know when Rudolf Balser scored his first goal of the season. Um, but it was if in it was the first early game. On... What's that? It was in the first game of the was season. Was it in the first game? When did he get his second? Uh, <laughs> see, okay. When you because make it, that the point, thing is, is that he wasn't hurt the first two months of the season. And that right. was when he was playing top line minutes for the Sharks. And he yeah, it took him. Used. It took him a month to get his second goal. Exactly, and that's right. You, you know, things are off the rails already if your top line left wing is putting up that kind of right. Non-offense. And then, yeah, and then from there it took him. From there it took him two months to get goals three, four, three, four, and five. Right, yeah. right. You know? So I, so I, I get surprised. what you're saying. I, the one thing, so, and I guess we can contr- uh, transition this into Jonathan Dolan if you'd like, Jerk, For sure, because yeah, you can, uh, for me, Balsers, despite having the, the no power play time, which made no sense at all, especially, yeah. again, if Bugner is is uh, putting Balsers out on the first line, you would think he'd also get top 
power play minutes, and he got none. Right. Um, Pauline for, Peterson he, needed those minutes. <laughs> for an all-offense, not very defensive forward, that's a little perplexing. But, um, you know, Balser still did get the opportunities that Jonathan Dolan was starting to lose that second half of the season. So the the injuries could play into a... It, could come into play here with Balsers, but he was still getting quality chances until those last couple of months when I think he just really fell out of favor with Bugner, as did a lot of the Sharks forward group. Mm-hmm. Well, and I and and okay, you've you've convinced me. Where okay, maybe Balsers, yeah, maybe maybe it's time to move on. You buy him out, or you know, and and, and who's to say? You know, for all we know, the Sharks could have traded him and the return wouldn't have been awesome. And that's why they did buy him out. But, you know, you mentioned Jonathan Dolan. And I think if, if anybody has been unfairly judged, it is Jonathan Dolan. And, you know, I budged on Balsers for you, Kevin. I'm not going to budge on this one. I know. Uh, I know. I think this is going to be our biggest source of contention. Only, here and, and that's and fine. The uh, only reason, the only reason I say that is because for Dolan, the goal scoring dried up the minute he hurt his shoulder. And then, which is true, yeah, right. No, so actually, the goal scoring dried out the moment I finally put a tweet out on December 9th and said, <laughs> "Hey, maybe this kid's got it after all." Right, but That's you know, he means. he has that hot start. I believe it was seven goals in 15 games. Injures the shoulder, comes back, gets COVID, comes back, gets a concussion, comes back. It's like I, if people want to say, well, you know, he was useless in the second half of the season i'll agree with you on that point but i don't think enough people are digging into the why yeah i think that's fair um and i'm excited for him to go to tampa bay and win a cup but continue i think it's fair but my only thing with dolan is he changed how he played after the injuries and i i think that's why the the scoring dried up now his deployment also suffered there uh, Bugner was reluctant to put him out in any situation and I think Dolan coming off a couple of pretty significant injuries the shoulder the head probably was a little gun shy to go into the hard areas like he was when Dolan was putting up offense he was driving he uh, you know I kept saying the first half of the season first quarter of the season why doesn't Kevin LeBanc dr- ever drive the net why does he mm-hmm. always play perimeter at mm-hmm. least Dolan always goes to the net then Dolan stopped going to the net. He became a perimeter player, and that's when things fell off the off the road there for him. Yeah. It's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, for both of them, like I really like Rudy Balsers, but I, we all do. I I know. Yeah. Um, hey, I just the, the, think like I I hope he catches on somewhere else. I hope someone another team, another team gives him a look. I don't know if he's going to be a guy who immediately walks onto an NHL roster. He might be a guy that might have to you know, go to the A for a bit and then kind of wait for his opportunity. But I think with him and Dolan, I think the one thing, when you look at some of the players like Jonathan Dolan, you know, why didn't they trade these guys? I I look at some of the guys that went, that didn't get qualifying offers. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't think the market was there for either of them. Well, yeah, I mean, Dominic Kubelik didn't get a qualifying offer and he scored 30 goals two years ago. Right. Like I just, I just don't think there was a market. So I mean, I understand like people being frustrated with the sharks, and we'll get on. And as we get on here, I'm, you know, I'm sure there'll be levels of frustration on the show. But I, I, I'm skeptical that there, there was a market for either player. 
Mm-hmm. That's going to yeah. get you anything more than like, oh, I will give you a seventh. I, I mean, unless you're Max Pacioretty, then then you get future considerations. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Now, this is going to be the the going theme here is that I don't think any of us are particularly happy that such and such player is gone. Like I've been on the mm. the train for years, for four years now, about trade Brant Burns, trade. Brent Burns. What are we doing? Let's trade Brent Burns. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm happy the Sharks traded Brent Burns. I like Brent Burns. But yeah, me too. I like Rudy Balsers. And I at one time liked Jonathan Dolan. <laughs> like I just think that that some of these moves are essential to moving forward. We gotta move the old guard out and get the new guard in. Yeah. Well and and, and we'll get and obviously we're gonna get into it. I mean, you know, you should you should you know for those of you listening, you should see our rundown. It's very thick tonight. Um, thick. We're going to be home. <laughs> but, uh, for, for those of you who are wondering why we didn't lead off with Brent Burns, by the way, it's because Ian and AJ earlier today on yeah. Town USA uh, had a full-length discussion about Brent Burns. And we are going to talk we about are. Brent Burns, but um, that's a show you're definitely going to want to watch because there were a lot of great points brought up by AJ and Ian. Mm-hmm. So. Totally. I think... Uh, with this and and you know we were I was talking about this I talked a lot about this with you know I mean in our we have like a group DM of all of us I know mm-hmm. it came up I talked about it with Ryan I talked about it with Mark um, you know if, if if Greer were to come out and say hey this is the beginning of our rebuild then full send you know put the pedal to the floor and let's go but if he comes out and says you know the mantra that has been the last year of well. You know, we still want to try and make the playoffs. I'm not buying it based on what happened today. No. And, 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 it, and, and I think, like, I think what Kevin was alluding to earlier is that, you know, he mm, maybe for the most part su- kind of supports what happened today. And I think he was thinking that I was going to come on here and just yell and scream and flip the tables. But yes, that's exactly what happened. I thought we were going to get angry jerk. But you know what? And, and, and I've, I've kind of, grown this way as the sharks have been a bad team but i don't necessarily look at the move i more so look at you know the reason for the move like are we doing this because it's the beginning of the rebuild or are we doing this because we think we can make the playoffs and when i say we obviously not us the sharks but again if they came out we are state media so we are a part of the right (laughs) many people are saying uh (laughs) You know, if they, like I said, if they come out and say this is the beginning of our rebuild, then I like everything that was done because these are not moves that make you a better team. But if they come out and say, well, we think we're right there, then I'm sorry to say you need to put the glass of Kool-Aid down and, and readjust your thinking. I don't I don't like this for like, I don't I mean, we're going to get into more stuff here, obviously. I don't like this. If, if you tell me we're rebuilding, I'm not sure I'm happy. OK, tell me why. Because. The, the because like some of the contract lengths and the return for Burns was meh, sure, right? Like that's fair. If you tell me we're rebuilding, like where's my where's my top prospects? Where's my where's my draft picks? Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's move on to. Um, do you guys want to do the trade first or the signings? Let's do the trade. Let's do the trade. Yeah. Let's get let's get to this. Okay. That's where I thought we were going to start. But yeah, I kind of my notes are all over the place as always. Um all right. So obviously again, we did we did talk about this earlier. So I'm like I don't want to spend a ton of time on here, but I think it's important because it kind of just looks at the you know, the big picture of where the sharks are at right now, which is where I'd like to bring this conversation. Um the 
Carolina Hurricanes get Brent Burns uh, and the Sharks retaining 34% of his salary. And Lane Peterson, the Sharks get a 2023 third round pick, which is the worst of the two picks that the Keats possess. Um, <laughs> right wing, uh, Stephen Lorenz and goalie Itu Makaniemi. Um yeah, I mean, I was just whelmed. Uh, and again, I, I'm not going to get too far into the weeds here because I said a bunch of stuff earlier. I'm going to let you guys really um, have have your say here. Um, who wants to start? Well, for me, with the Brent Burns trade, uh, obviously it is a long time coming in my opinion, but mm-hmm. still very sad. Uh, I definitely recommend that you check out the video that he put out a couple hours ago, a few hours ago. Um, or for those of you watching or listening on replay, uh, it would have been on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but yeah, really, you know, he's become Mr. Shark because Marlowe's gone, Thornton's gone, Pavelski's gone. So he became the default Mr. Shark. And, uh, you know, he's the player who with the most marketability. He's got the beard. He's got no teeth. Uh, you know, he he's, brings a lot of offense. But I think that what's that? fan favorite fan favorite absolutely i mean you see him all around town when he when he's here and not in texas and uh you know how, how can you not love that guy uh at least you know personality wise um and and for the most part you know we liked how he played uh despite despite the number of complaints we had about maybe individual games individual plays uh he drove me nuts defensively in the d zone uh, especially the last couple of years um but still overall uh you got to say he was a, he was a great shark i know that uh i think it was you guys on today's show mm-hmm. said he's still an all-time great sharks defenseman oh yeah and it's sad to see him go uh the return is very meh you get a goaltender who I have to I, I, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say it because I said it repeatedly about Alexi Melnichuk. Itu mm-hmm. uh, McEnany had really, really solid numbers on the best team in the AHL last yep. year. Was it because he was a really good goalie or was it because he had a really good team? We're going to find out. At least the Barracuda now have a goalie to pair with Strauss Mann, and both goalies have some upside to maybe one day become NHLers. Um, still, with the amount of goalie prospects that the team has, it's like it's it's a short-term solution, because if Mackie doesn't work out, he just goes back to Finland, I think. Uh, so the third-round pick is really where it lies, and it's like, wow, Burns for a third-round pick, how the mighty have fallen. I, I, I want to put this out there right now to you guys in, in case you're not happy with it. Because just a week ago, we were hearing, why are the Sharks trading a third-round pick? Next year's a deep draft. Mm-hmm. That's like a second-round pick. And now <laughs> a week later, the narrative has changed, and it's, God, it's only a third pound. What a, well, it's the worst of the what two. What a shitty return. That's but it? it's the worst of the two. That's what that's what that's what gets yeah. in my <laughs> Well that part was pretty funny. It is the worst of the two picks from Carolina. Well and and it's uh, it's worth mentioning too, and and I this is a bit newer news, so maybe not everybody is caught up to it, but guys, the sharks are off the hook for worst trade of the day. That's true. We're gonna get <laughs> you know, and we'll 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 get into it much later, but that is worth saying as well, where you know, it's 
I don't know. Kevin, did you have more thoughts? I got I got to get hit, well, hit the super chat here quick. With with that trade right there, it shows just how valuable cap space is. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest weapon that Mike Greer has. Whether he's using it this year to its full efficiency, he probably isn't. Again, this team's rebuilding. Who cares how he's using the cap space this because year? Because he's signing fourth Boston liners to four-year traded- deals. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Boston traded Joe Thornton back in 2006 mm-hmm. to get cap space so that their new GM, Peter Shirelli, hopefully Mike Greer is not Peter Shirelli, because that's Ian's favorite GM. That's true. Um, but, but they eventually used that cap space down the road, and guess what? They won a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup by moving on from Joe Thornton. Mm-hmm. So let Mike Greer do his job. Let him move some pieces out, bring in the cap space, and let's see how he weaponizes it in a couple of Just, years. Just uh, quick in the super chat here. Skylar, thank you very much. Uh, the best part is Caroline is the home opener opponent. Yeah, that's that's spicy. I like that. Um, <laughs> again, like the chat is super hot tonight, and I'm going to try and get to the sure. chat as much as I can, but we have like so much to get through, and I do have to be up early tomorrow. So if I'm not don't feel crappy if I'm not grabbing your comments or anything else. It's just there's a lot to get through and you know, we'd like to do it at some point tonight. Yeah. Although I did put in the Discord I think that this podcast is gonna last like eighty two years or something. So <laughs> um so yeah, so just that sure. uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think I I I'm just gonna jump I'm just gonna jump in here quick and I think the one thing like uh, about the the cap space, right? Was like that was that was the key to the deal. The, the Sharks had to start moving off from people in their core. And I think there are people that I'm sure people would love to move on from, but th- those people were never in the cards. So they had to move some, they had to move someone like Brent Burns is a guy that I've been saying trade for a while now as well, because I thought he made the most sense. He's a guy who I thought would probably get a better return than this for sure. But you know, at the same time, like this, he is a 37 year old defenseman making $8 million a year. Right. Right. So I, I, I kind of like you, I, I'm glad that the, I mean, this could have been a lot worse. Like the sharks, you know, to try not to like retain less salary, like God, they could have thrown in something that would probably make our head spin or given them away for free or given a guy away for free. Right. And that didn't happen. Uh-huh. I was expecting it to be Burns and LeBanc or Burns and Gushin or even Burns and Robbins for something. I thought for sure they would have to couple him. Oh, could you imagine the the, the salary they'd have to eat if they sent Burns and LeBanc? <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, go ahead, Jerk. Uh, I don't yeah, you know what? I th- So, and I think, as you guys talked about, you know, the the cap space gained here, that's the biggest asset of the trade. Of course... We'll get into what the cap space was used for. Um, but the cap space is the biggest uh, asset here. I think, you know, it is kind of unfortunate. The Sharks did trade away the best player in the deal, Lane, Pe- Lane Peterson. But, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll move on. Um, I mean, yeah, the third round pick in 2023, to Kevin's point, it is a deep draft. I would have liked that to have been at least a second, just to say that absolutely, just to say that you have a, multiple second round picks based on but the again, retention too, right? Based on the salary retention as well. I was thinking no more than two million bucks, and it ended up being two and three quarters. But 
you know, you still get a draft or a, a draft pick, you know, a, a lottery ticket, so to speak, out of it. And, you know, the goalie prospect, it's to Kevin's point. We'll see if he is a product of his team or if a te- his team is a product of him. But I think at the very least, it's an intriguing prospect to take a chance on. And for Steven Lorenz, I mean, he's a fringe guy for me. And that's kind of all I have to say. It's not it's not the best return by any means. I think if the Sharks had traded him a year ago, this return would be significantly better. But it's still the right move to make. It's the right time, the right move, the right destination. And, you know, we'll, we're going to get way more into this, you know, in this show and down the road as well. But the immediate question that came to my mind after moving Burns is how do you not from this, how do you not move to say, okay, you know, next in line to be traded, you know, uh, number 39, you're up. Like, how do you just not steer completely into it at this point? I think that's fair. I I think there are more moves to come, not just LeBanc, but beyond that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great question to bring up. I don't... I see, I, the problem with moving a center is then you need a center. And I don't... I... How dare you disparage second line Thomas Bordalo? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, and maybe that's the play, but that's a big, that's a big gamble. Like, I feel no, like, totally, I get you. I feel like Couture is more of a sure thing there. Like, I don't mind if if Thomas Bordalo can kick Logan Couture out of his spot. Great, I'm all about guys kicking other guys out of spots. That's what you want. I just don't want guys to be just handed stuff. Yeah, you mentioned that with the goaltending yeah. earlier today about Aiden Hill or James Reimer, mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, same same principle, right? Like if, if Kapu Kakinen's the guy going forward, he has to take the net from James Reimer. Like, I, I think the one thing that you've got to be careful with when you do a rebuild, and I'm not sold that we're in a rebuild. I think we're definitely, everything looks very rebuildy, but there's still a lot of shoes that have to fall. Like I would rather see guys take spots rather than just be given them. Like, look what happened at Edmonton before, you know, when when it was, like, the first wave of the rebuild. Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberle, all those guys were just given spots. Right? I want guys to earn spots. Look at Johnny Brodzinski a couple years ago (laughs) with the Sharks, where he was, yeah, he's the best of the guys who were okay in training camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, some breaking news here. Um, I guess Rudy Balsers has signed with the Florida Panthers. Uh, Skyler coming with the super chat. It was um, uh, also AJ in the chat kind of brought it up sooner. So it looks like uh, looks like Rudy Balsers has caught on with the Florida Panthers. So that's faster not than I go. thought he was going to catch on to. Not team. the Florida, not the Florida team. I was thinking. I'll tell you that. Well, there you go. Well, there's still Jonathan Dolan for Tampa. Yeah, I I, I I think that's a good signing. I mean, the analytics are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Florida, as we know, they've lost a handful of players, um, you know, coming into this offseason. I think it'll be a good fit for them. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to wrap sure. up with the Brent Burns stuff here is there was chatter uh, that I heard personally, uh, and then I think you mentioned Jeff Merrick also said the same thing, which was that Dallas was in the hunt, as I think we all expected, mm-hmm. for Brent Burns. 
the information that I received was that Dallas gave a really piss poor offer because they knew Burns has his ties to Dallas. Pavelski is there. His former coach is there. His house is there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's there. Yeah. <laughs> so Dallas had all the leverage and tried to use it. And Mike Greer at least said, nah, I've got some other options here. So good on him for that. But do you think if the Sharks didn't hum and haw over who their GM was going to be, which, again, to my understanding, Mike Greer's been known, despite what the Sharks publicly have said, Mike Greer has been known to be the Sharks GM for at least four weeks now. Do you think if he was in that spot and chatting with other teams a lot sooner, does that return for Brent Burns get that much sweeter? Or do you think the Sharks still end up with what they got today with McIniemi, a third, and then basically a swap of Lawrence and Peterson? Because that's all it really is. See, and I... uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, but I think, you know, I think think some of this, some of, like, the, the return and stuff is just, like, welcome to the GM ranks. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like I think, I think well, it's just taking a little it, bit of advantage of a, of a GM of a, of a brand new GM, first time GM in a in an awful situation. Well, not only that, but regardless of whether Mike Greer has been the GM for four hours, four days, four weeks, four whatever, you know, Brent Burns is still a thirty-seven year old defenseman making eight million dollars that has declined over the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and I kind of. As I said that, I kind of thought of my own counterpoint, which is Mike Greer wasn't under the gun to get the Brent Burns trade done today. No, he no, had. He didn't have to. I mean, he theoretically had until the opening of training camp. Right. So I think. Although I think I with a guy at... like Brent Burns, with that kind of money, you don't want to wait too long because obviously you don't want guys like to fill needs elsewhere. And get, yeah. Sure, know. but I and I agree with that. I think that's a good point. But at the same time. I think the fact that, to Kevin's point, how there was no pressure to move Burns today and yet he still went, it makes me think Greer was probably thinking that he was never going to get a better deal for Burns than this one and so just took advantage. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'd hope. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I think that's definitely a... definitely a possibility. All right, so let's move on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of rapid fire through these signings or do you guys want to get anything in on these signings um well let's do the big one first uh the big one quote unquote um the sharks uh picked up oscar lindblom uh 25 year old um kevin's favorite left player. wing uh two <laughs> years 2.5 million aav uh he was previously on the flyers he was bought out um he was scheduled to make i think three million dollars this year uh in uh 79 games played uh scored 12 goals 14 assists 26 points 22 penalty minutes and was a minus 11 which really isn't that bad when you consider that how horribly inept the flyers were at playing defense yeah i mean two separate 10 game losing streaks last year so to get (laughs) to get out of that with only a dash 11 is pretty impressive i think um as i mentioned before he is kevin's favorite player and the reason why i say that is because the first time I had ever heard of this player was from Kevin. Kevin is the person I think I've heard speak about this player the most. So 
A plus B equals C. This is Kevin's favorite player. Fair. Uh, so, so the B stands for Brinus. Yes. The team he played. For there you go. Sweden. See, it all it all <laughs> loops back around. No, you know what? In a vacuum, I like the player. Mm-hmm. Good player can put up the offense. You know, as we can, you know, as we know, he's gone through, you know, some very major health issues the last couple of years that he's yeah. hopefully put behind him completely. Um, you know, the he's scores at a decent clip, all things considered. I like the player. But is this not a is this not Rudolph's Balsers at a million dollars more? Yeah. That was what I was alluding to earlier. I don't think he's worse than Rudolph Balsers or Jonathan Dolan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're that that is gonna be the big telling point is can he be better to justify that he's going to be making more money? You just bought Rudy Balsers out at one point six or one point five or whatever, and now you're giving uh, Lindblom a comparable player more. I think Lindblom has more to his game than just offense. Okay. Um part of the reason why I think he didn't have better offensive numbers is because he was playing third and fourth line, primarily fourth line minutes with the Flyers this season and in a defensive role. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the argument to people earlier today about you had Balsers playing with Hurdle, putting up po- the same number of points as Lindblom playing with Scott Lawton. Right. <laughs> you think Hurdle would help Balsers produce 20 more points than he did it's in a really, the role that he it's was It's a given. really good point, actually. And yeah. worth mentioning as well, you know, Lindblom has not played a full season. He almost got to a full season this year, but, you know, last year, two years ago, he did not play a full season. And he, uh, in his uh, his first real rookie year, he scored 17 goals, something that Rudolph Spalsers has never done. Yes, I believe, if, if, I'm, if my stats are correct, I think... Lindblom had 11 goals in 30 games in the year that he was diagnosed with cancer. That is accurate. Yeah, 11 yeah. goals in thir- 11 goals in 30 games. That is correct. So, I mean, he 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 before before cancer and the health issues and everything like that, he was on his way to becoming a 20 plus goal scorer in the NHL. Oh yeah. So you hope that he can get back to that. The Sharks obviously are showing faith that he can get back to that. Mm-hmm. I think at worst, yeah, he's Balsers and Dolan all over again and more expensive. But the Sharks obviously willing to roll the dice and and uh, trust that he will thrive. I've, I've just been waiting for him to get out of Philadelphia. And, and I'm so happy it finally happened. And, you know, based on, based on your kind of explanation, it, I, I do see where you're going for. Uh, you know, I think... The the positive is, is that at worst, at worst he's Rudy, Rudolph Balsers. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. not a bad thing. As we talked about, we love Balsers, so at, you know yeah. that's not bad. And and to Kevin's point, you know, Balsers spent most of the year. You know, he he was with Bordalo and Gregor towards the end of the year, as we know. But he spent most of the year with Hurdle and Meyer, or Hurdle and Barabanov, as Kevin mentioned. Meanwhile, Lindblom, you know, Lawton and JVR. Lawton and Konechny, who Konechny, good player, down mm. year. Giroux and yeah. Atkinson. So you think, I'd, I'd be curious to know how many games he played with Giroux and Atkinson. But to to your point, Kevin, uh, he wasn't playing with the players that Rudolph Balsers was playing with. And so the fact that their numbers are pretty comparable, I think you're convincing me yet again to maybe 
mellow and, out and, a little and bit. And that was the frustrating <laughs> thing. That was the frustrating thing for me because, as you mentioned, Oscar Lindblom is not my favorite player. Let's get that straight. <laughs> Are you but sure? I, do, I have been keeping tabs on him because he's a player I do really mm-hmm. like. And so I would see him get put on a line with Giroux and he'd put up mm-hmm. a goal. And then the very next game, it's like the Bob Bugner thing all over again. The next game, he's back down on the fourth line. It's like, keep him in the top six. He He's showing he can produce the, when you actually put him there. Well, and, and to your point, Kevin, the flyer. you know, the games he did play, you know, when he was with Drew and Atkinson, uh, five, five of his 12 goals this year were with Drew and Atkinson. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like... All right, Kevin, you convinced me. Your favorite player is worth staying. <laughs> I, I, I don't like I, I like the move. I think I said earlier today, I think this is a guy who might be able to sneak up into the, the top six, right? And play mm-hmm. on like the second line role. But I think he's also he's responsible enough defensively that you could put him on a well, maybe not on this team, but a scoring third line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Um, so I think I, I, I like the signing. I think he's a good player. He, I mean, a hell of a story. Good player. I think it's totally brutal yeah. that he was bought out in Philadelphia to make room for Tony D'Angelo. Um, yeah. So I, I did hear though, that the flyers did donate a hundred thousand dollars to Lindblom's charity of choice though, in the buyout. Oh, I mean, well, that's, that's, good. that's nice, but you still, but still, you still, yeah. oh no, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> I, it, it, it almost, it almost kind of feels like he may have something to prove based yeah. on that fact Dean. yeah yeah i i i'm curious and again it's there's there's a lot of things that we don't know yet right like again sure. i don't know who's coaching this team next year i mean the coaching staff at both levels right now is john mccarthy <laughs> that's it i mean you know some uh, Doug- some people some people would say that the Sharks signed another version of john mccarthy today but you know just saying yeah. Um, okay. Um, next uh, next signing, um, the Sharks signed uh, centerman Nico Sturm, 27. Three years, $2 million AAV. Just got off winning a cup with Colorado this year. Uh, 70 go- 74 games played, 9 goals, 11 assists, 20 points, 14 and a dash 7 on Colorado. Again, like I like the player. Mm-hmm. I like the signing in a bubble. In a bubble. But when you kind of start putting all these pieces that have happened today together, I don't like what this puzzle piece is making. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. I think, again, I'm with you. Like, in, you know, just on its own, I think, the, you know, good player. Fourth line player, obviously, on the Stanley Cup team. Very reliable. Like, reliable guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. not, he's... You know he's a lot better, um, a lot better option than I think Lane Peterson was giving. He's a lot better option than what Jasper Jasper Weatherby was giving. Um, I do question, I do question why the Sharks wouldn't have just rolled with uh, with Scott Reedy, who played pretty good in that role last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with Nico Sturm, I like the player, but at three years for a fourth line center. And that's not even considering the fact that you have Scott Reedy in the pipeline. You have Nick Benino under contract for another year. You know, you have a Jasper Weatherby who a lot of people are really into. You know, you have a Sasha Chemilevsky who's trying to make the NHL. And who you qualified. You that too. Like, I, I again, on its own, I don't hate the signing. But given where the Sharks are at, what they're doing, what they need, 
it's a little confusing to me. Yeah, and just just in the chat here, like a lot of people are saying, it doesn't matter who the the coaches or whatever. But no, I, I don't. I'm not saying I need to know the coach because I need to know if this team's going to be good or not. But based on you know a coach, you can kind of speculate on how you're going to deploy all these players that you just signed, right? And I think without knowing the coach, it's hard to say. Okay, is this guy a second line guy? Is he a third line guy? Is he going to play on the fourth line? Is he on the Barracuda? Like, there's a lot of question marks that not knowing the coach and having that kind of you know, to try and model what the expectations are for where these guys are going to play. That's that's what I mean by it's hard to say without a coach. Kevin? The only thing I really have to add, because I think you guys pretty much nailed it. Like, I like Nico Sturm, and I think he has a little bit of untapped upside. He was a top college player when he was signed by the Wild, mm-hmm. and which should tell you right there that way too much is made out of college free agency um but because the sharks also have max verano who we haven't even mentioned and probably won't mention again the rest of the year Uh, (laughs) but uh the only thing i can think of is the sharks are doing what they did last year trying to bring in everyone they can for the fourth line to create competition so that you have to earn your spot onto the fourth line, as Ian said earlier, or onto the third line or whatever. But, but, but yeah, yeah. Like to the reaction that Ian just had right there, like there, you know, it's just, there are guys, there are guys from the guy factory, you know, and, and Nico Sturm, I like Nico Sturm. I, he will be on the Sharks this season. Like he's definitely not a player who I'll be will be seeing on the Barracuda. But there are a litany of other players who could go down, could go up. But like Scott Reedy, Sasha Chmielewski, like do they really need to be in the AHL? They need to get some NHL minutes. So I think more moves are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Matt Nieto goes. Uh, I, think he I would to. like to see Nick. I would see like to see Nick Bonino stay, but I don't know. I mean, they qualified Gadjevich, which shocked me. Right. Um, and I guess that means Jeff VL goes to the minors and then it's, you know, uh, a lot of question marks there uh, created by this signing. I, I tweeted out earlier and it was kind of in jest because I'm pretty snarky and sarcastic. And I said, it, you know, I, I do like the symmetry of having one first line and three third. <laughs> that was funny. Um. So the next, uh, Sharks made a couple of other uh, signings here. They signed defenseman Marcus Nutavara. Uh, Nutavara? Yes. Yes. Uh, 28 years old, one year, 1.5 million AAV. Last I checked, unless it's changed. Uh, previously a member of the Florida Panthers. Only played one game last year, I think. Uh, the year before, though, he played 30 games with 10 assists, 10 points, uh, 12 penalty minutes, and was a plus one on the Florida Panthers. Kevin, is this is this is this a shark or a barracuda? No, this is a shark. Absolutely, I like Marcus Nudifara. Mm-hmm. My best comparison that I could make is he's diet Brendan Dillon. Okay, yeah, um, he's not as physical as Brendan Dillon, so he's like somewhere in between Dillon and Damello. That was weirdly said but uh, you know he's 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 pretty good defensive defenseman, definitely. Uh, much better than Frederick Clayson from a couple of years ago, for example. Much, much better than than him. Like I like the Nudavara signing. I think this one makes sense. Uh, again, he's got something to prove because 
Uh, it was very the, the timing of his injury was really disappointing because he was starting to build an NHL foundation to his game. Um, he played very well for Columbus in the bubble playoffs against Tampa Bay mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Um, right, Tampa Bay? Yeah, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. Um, but then the, he, he just kind of started to lose his game, and that's why he became a free agent and... Um, yeah, I'm happy with this signing. Um, jerk, what say you? Well, and and the, of the three that sort of all came out at once, you know, Sturm, Nudavara, and Benning, which we're obviously going to get to, and I, I think we all know how we feel about that one. Um, the Nudavara one was the most intriguing to me, Kevin. Like you said, you know, those those uh, you know those years in Columbus was really really good. I mean, the off, yeah. you know, twenty twenty points as as kind of like a bottom pairing defenseman, you know, maybe got you know, a little bit of, you know, second power play unit time, but mostly was used even strength. Um, You know, I was quite impressed with him at the time. I was surprised to see him uh, get traded back in the day, you know, to the floor, back in the day, two years ago, to the Florida Panthers. Um, And, you know, to Ian's point, only one game this year had one assist. So, you know, he's (laughs) batting a thousand. But his his last, uh, I don't want to say full season, but his last season where he, consistently played games you know 10 assists in 30 games again as a bottom pairing defenseman not getting any power play time i mean it's decent it's impressive and it it, it as i said it's in it's interesting it's intriguing it kind of it makes you wonder i definitely think he's an upgrade over radim shimmick i think he's an upgrade over nick malosh over magna you know i it, it's really unfortunate that of these three signings that sort of came in a batch together the one that i'm most excited for is the shortest one yeah you know um but i I, i'm definitely intrigued i would like to see you know what does he do on a third pairing with let's say vlasic or santeri hatika you know something like that i'm i'm into it i i my expectations are pretty low it's definitely a low risk signing but i think the reward could be something interesting and like you said kevin he's somewhere in between a brendan dylan and a dylan Demello. definitely less physical than yeah. dylan mm-hmm. um but you know uh blocks a, a blocks a lot of shots you know um his his best year he had a crazy amount of takeaways for how much how much he was on the ice yeah so i'm into it i'm down with it you know i don't it's it's not the sexy signing but i think it's a good signing the the only thing and it Perfectly well, perfectly said there. Um, the only thing with Nudavara is I don't think this is a defenseman who you can expect to maybe jump up to a second pair. The way Lindblom could probably jump up into into the second line forward position. I, and and by the way, Lindblom can play both wings. Just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. But Nudavara, I find it interesting. You got Hataka coming. You got Kakonen there. You got Makaniemi. The Sharks are starting to build a little bit of a finished contingent on the back end. So, hmm. swole me. Are, are you thinking gold medal swole me? Are Are you <laughs> think we're gonna rip off Mike Greer's mask and find out it was Yarmo Kukalainen the whole time? <laughs> me all along. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last signing here. Um, the, the Sharks did some other things too. Like I think they re-up uh, Jacob Magna. Which is fine. Um, the last one here, uh, Shark sign Matt Benning, twenty eight, four years, one point two five million. I 
Why? Years. Why? Uh, previously defenseman of the Nashville Predators, sixty-five goal, uh, sixty-five games played, not sixty-five goals. Jesus, uh, <laughs> zero be. goals, eleven assists, eleven points, thirty-nine penalty minutes, a minus twenty-four on the Nashville Predators. I mean, seventh I seventh defenseman. I don't get the term here. I don't get the term, and maybe, and I think Matt Benning's a guy who's probably not playing for the Barracuda. Like the Barracuda have holes on their blue line. I just don't think that. Benning's a guy that was brought in to fill those. No, I, I think, mean, he's been in the NHL every year of his right. career. Yeah, I think Benning is there to, you know, for, to replace Shimmick. Mm. Um, but, you know, if Shimmick's still around, Benning might find himself on the Barracuda. Uh, just you know, They need right-side defensemen there, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. This one was... The term is... What's yeah. weird to me, well, like that, Benning yeah. is a depth guy. Has been a depth. He he was put into a top four spot for Edmonton there when they started to get close to playoff time, and he struggled big time. Like he he's just not the guy to be going out there and being anything more than a six seven defenseman. And I think this four is four years. This is your so, disc. This is your discount, Brendan Dillon. I think. Oh, this is a huge discount. (laughs) Yeah, this This is is your liquidation sale, Brendan. (laughs) Yeah, I just for me, guys, with the prospects who are coming, like Hataka is coming. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. What are you going to do with Benning in a year if Mm -hmm. Hataka is ready? Well, Hataka, Kanijov, Kinyajev. I mean, you know, Kevin, I know that you hate Nick Chichek, but he's a guy as well. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But 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 no, you but you make a good point, right? Where there are a handful of young defensemen who maybe they're not guaranteed NHLers, but they've got a pretty damn good chance at being that. And so you're signing Matt Betting again in a vacuum. You bring in Matt Betting as the seventh defenseman? Hey, right on, far out, dude. But for four years? Like that's like I I, I mean, unless the plan is to just eventually stash him on the Barracuda, whatever. But yeah, I mean, you could stash it. That contract's gone, right? But it's just it's 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 interesting. Also, <laughs> that to me, that four-year deal is almost like they're using the number pad on the keyboard, and they mistyped one. <laughs> they they had one button above the one, and they typed four, and then sent it in. To the NHL league offices, and they went, oh, oh well. Um. I mean, un- unless it's unless it's a situation where, you know, they want to have Merkley and Hatika start on the Barracuda to over ripen. Jesus Christ! I mean, Maybe. I mean, I, I, again, those two players, I personally believe they should be in the NHL and beginning ice time and sort of progressing their careers, but. I mean, if 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 next season is going to be a total gong show, I don't hate the idea of them being away from it either. No, Merkley's got to be yeah. like Merkley's Merkley's time in the NHL is over. He has to be in the NHL at this point. If he's not, well, with Burns gone, yeah, like, yeah, with Burns gone, yeah. I think Merkley still has something to prove in the AHL, but yeah, with the way the roster is built, 
just put him in the NHL this one. And and after January first, Merkley did play a lot better mm-hmm. on, yeah, at both correct. levels, both the AHL and the NHL. So he's starting to course correct and get on the right path here. So I think having him in the NHL this next season is going to be good for him, unless the team is just god awful and he's suddenly a minus thirty by the trade. I deadline. don't think it matters. <laughs> he's I, I how long. Like how long do you leave a first round? Like I know I know it's a late first round pick, but like at some point, like Merkley, this has to be Merkley season. He has to get he has to put it together this year. Brent mm-hmm. Burns' vacancy puts the spotlight, in my opinion, directly on Ryan Merkley. I agree because he's mean... going to be the guy that's going to play. Like he's going to be the offensive defenseman that's going to play the most games this year. Yep. <laughs> I like what you did there. No, I, I, I agree. I think the power pl- power play too is his to lose. I agree with you, Ian. I think, and I think, you know, I was kind of hoping, you know, in a head in the clouds kind of situation, you know, I was hoping that the Sharks were going to sniff around somebody like Ryan McDonough. I think Ryan McDonough would have been a perfect D partner for Ryan Merkley. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I was kind of crossing my fingers for that one. But even, I mean... I believe I believe that Merkley had some success, limited success, but some success with Vlasic. And so maybe maybe that's the play. You know, Vlasic keeps talking about how rejuvenated he is. Maybe you you know, maybe you just say, Okay, buddy, you're rejuvenated, show us. Play with Merkley. Middle pairing. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, don't, I I think the top pairing is gonna be Ferraro Carlson. I don't think any of us disagree there. So Get Merkley in a top four role, as you said, Kevin. See what he can do, but also with Vlasic. And you know, I think we're putting the cart before the horse here a little bit. But see if you have a rejuvenated Vlasic as well. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Here's I think my question. And obviously, look at there's there's way more things that have to happen here. Like, do I think Mike Greer's done? No, I think there's more things coming. But there's definitely a couple things that like I have serious question marks around uh, as mm-hmm. far as players go. Like. I, I'm not sure what the plan with Shimmick is because I feel like Shimmick's a guy that Mike Greer should like. <laughs> right. But is he in the plans? I don't know. Where's Nick Benino in all this? Where's Matt Nieto in all this? Mm-hmm. And like Matt just said in the chat, without a coach, who knows? Oh, exactly. And I think that really does apply to Shimmick mm-hmm. in the situation. Um Schmick's just never been the same player since his his knee injuries, and I don't know if he can ever get back. And and the thing of it is, is that Schmick just kind of suddenly got to the Sharks. Like he just he improved so much over one off season that he just showed up with the Sharks. So he was never all that consistent before that. Um, so that that's what makes that contract look so bad. And. You just wonder if the Sharks, at this point, ride it out uh, the way they've been riding out Vlasic and just hope that, you know, something sparks again. Yeah. I don't see it, but... Ricky asks... Oh, oh, let me put it up on the board here. Um, All these contracts are coming in a little higher than I'd like. Is this the tax the Sharks are paying for being bad right now? I I don't know. I think it's the tax they're paying for the cost of living in the Bay Area. (laughs) It, but that's a that's a real thing, especially at the AHL level. Mm-hmm. Like players do get paid more here because of the offset of the cost of living. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I guess my other question here too is, is does Mike Greer just, now that Doug Wilson Jr.'s out the door, does Mike Greer just hate everything Doug Wilson Jr.'s done? Like, I don't, I'm curious to see where a guy like Bortolo fits in, where a guy like Eklund fits in. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Kevin, you put out an, a, a good tweet about the the Barracuda earlier, um, which I'd like you to kind of just highlight what you're saying there. Because I, I feel like a lot of guys, like, I don't think there's, with all these signings that we've seen so far, and it's like some of the guys that are still in the weeds here, like the Nietos, the, like, I don't know where these openings are. Yeah. Most of the, most of the openings seem to be with the Barracuda right now. Um, just kind of the overflow, uh, which isn't bad for the Barracuda who are trying to sell new season tickets at their arena and, and trying to bring, uh, this new group of incoming prospects forward, like Andrew Agazzino, we can just simply say that's a good AHL signing. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a quality AHL vet. Steven Lawrence, I actually think he's brought in to be a top-line AHLer, just the way Lane Peterson was last year. Um, so they can provide some, some you know, complimentary styles to the high octane offense that we expect the incoming prospects to become but there's like a couple of defensive roles that are wide open on the barracuda there's a couple of third line roles that are wide open so that's where does vl drop down does uh lawrence as i mentioned does reedy chmilevsky um shimmick even Mm -hmm. go back to the barracuda at four million um, it, it, it's going to be kind of weird because, and that's, it's why I think there are a lot more moves to come on the Sharks roster to try and fit everyone in. Um, and, and I think it's still going to be growing pains because it's going to be like Kevin LeBanc for maybe a, a low player and a prospect kind of thing, mm. because, there's just no room for to bring in other bodies right now unless they are better players. And I don't know if the Sharks have the true assets to bring in better players right now. I just think if you if you if you and if you did, you wouldn't move out Brent Burns today. Right. Yeah. I, I want to hit something in the chat here quick. Um, Joshua K saying moving on from boards in Eklund would be extremely certain. I don't think that's in the cards. Like Eklund is is a, is a pretty across the board like. A plus prospect. prospect, right? Yeah. Mike Greer is gonna love Thomas Bortolo. Yeah, Thomas Bortolo isn't six foot four, but that dude is so tenacious on the puck. Like I, Mike Greer is gonna love Bortolo. There's no way he doesn't. So I don't worry about about those guys just getting dumped. I mean, if they did, I will come on here and I will scream profanities for an hour. Mm. I promise. But I, I, I like what you were saying, Ian, and I'm sorry we kind of cut you off, Jerk. Um, sorry, Jerk. But I like That's what okay. you were saying, Ian, because I think it's all a matter of, boy, Mike Greer has offloaded a lot of management and a lot of personnel, player personnel, in a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so it does, it does come into question, like, what if he does start to just completely undo what Doug Wilson Jr. brought in, Weiss Blatt? 
Robbins. I think he'll love Weissblatt, too. Weissblatt's a white queer guy. I think he will, too. Um, actually, I think I, Ozzy Weissblatt will thrive more under a Mike Greer-led organization than a Doug Wilson-led organization. Um, jerk, what were you going to say? Like, I, I, I feel bad that we cut you off there. <laughs> no problem. Uh, you know, just going back to what you said with LeBanc, uh, I I kind of feel like the way things are going, especially as you mentioned on Twitter, you know, the holes on the Barracuda, it feels like a LeBanc trade would be for maybe future. Yeah, future, like AHL depth and the draft pick. I mean, I'm kind of of the belief that in a situation like that, you're better off you're better off going after a draft pick as opposed to a prospect unless you really like the prospect because, you know, with a draft pick, you can pick your own guy, mm-hmm. right? But I, I, I think with that, and I think if any other big names are traded, whether it's Couture or LeBanc or Shimmick, maybe. Um, I think you're going to see that. I think, I think the if the opportunity to get a pick is there, they'll take it. But for the most part, I think you're going to see a situation where it's, you know, maybe it's an AHL guy and then a prospect that could be something. You know, I think, you know, there's there's no situation here. You know, the Sharks are not taking fifty spare parts for David Pasternak. You know what I mean? Right. As much as cool as that would be, it's not happening. <laughs> no, it is not happening. Um, I, yeah, I think I. So I mean, like, kind of just broad brush. I mean, obviously, we've had a lot of moves, and I think look at like things had to change, and I know there's going to be pain. Like, I I don't think any of us are sitting here thinking, oh man, Mike Greer was going to come in and everything was going to be awesome. The problem I have is I just don't feel like there's there hasn't been a move so far. Where I'm like, fuck yeah, we rocked that shit, sure. right? Like well, it's all sure. been just yeah. I've just been whelmed. It's not, well, I, and maybe a little underwhelmed. And it and it's funny because the two, for me anyway, the moves that Miker has made, where I've been psyched about it, it, it it's ended up, you know, the the backside of it has been not so great. You know, mm-hmm. the, the point I've made before is, you know, trading. 11th overall for 27 34 and 45 i think that was an awesome trade huge trade and then you look at the who the sharks took at those positions and i'm not going to sit here and pretend like i'm some expert obviously these two and mark would know a lot more than i do but i'm friends with those guys they fill me in it's true and you know by all accounts it doesn't really seem like the Sharks swung for the fences on those three picks and so that was an awesome move that's kind of had some dirt kicked on it as well Aside from that, though, I'm with you, Ian. At the, at best, everything has just been very shoulder shrug. Just mm, okay. And here's the we'll thing, see. too, Kevin. Do you want to get and, in? And that's, I just wanted to say, and that's all a part of the process. We don't know sure. where the ultimate direction is. I mean, this team could just completely spiral out of control. We don't know. We have a rookie GM who doesn't have a track record mm-hmm. yet. Um, but I think right now we're, we have to try and trust the process and that's why I'm, I'm comfortable with what's happening Mm -hmm. because I don't know where things are going and I'm just on for the ride. Here's the thing that confuses Um, me though. Like you moved all that space with uh, Brent Burns to get cap space, but then you used so much of it on just depth guys and like 
no there's and again there's again like you said there's lots of stuff that still has to happen but you've basically used all that cap space Kakanen's not signed Ferraro's not signed Timo Meyer needs a deal this summer like I'm I'm a little bit concerned about the future of Timo Meyer on this team the the Timo Meyer one that I agree yeah. with you <laughs> Because right. you're right. I mean, because Timo Meyer is 25. If you're trading Timo Meyer, this is a five-year teardown. Let's be real here. I don't know why the Sharks would trade Timo Meyer. Not just from the talent sense, but Mike Greer is trying to build this this team toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know someone. It was either in the chat or on Twitter earlier today, but they said, "Oh no, it was Brian Brian Del Fava. Um He said. For a number of years, we've complained about how the Sharks aren't tough. They don't stick up for one another. You see, like, Eric Carlson get ragdolled. Or you see, uh, I'm trying to think of another player, like a smallish player. But you see players get kind of ragdolled, and no one steps in and, and, and helps out on that. And Mike Greer is bringing in this toughness, bringing in uh, more intensity. I totally lost my train of thought on that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> This is what happens on this show. It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, is this podcast pro-analytics or anti-analytics? I think we're just analytics. Uh, I Again, I think um, I, I would never turn down information. Um, am I going to sit here and, you know, ramble off a bunch of stats to you? No, because I don't know how to make that entertaining. <laughs> Drew Weber's not here anymore. Drew Weber's not here anymore, yeah. Um I, yeah, I, 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 we're not, we're, we're definitely not anti-analytics, but I've never found a way to, like, to give the analytical perspective without putting everyone to sleep. I just don't know enough about analytics to be able to apply it in a positive way or just any way. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I think going, kind of going, jumping back really quick. Mm -hmm. I think, as I said, I mean, if you're trading Timo Meyer, it's a five-year teardown. But I agree with what Kevin said. You oh. know, Kevin, you know, Mike Greer has said, you know, we want players who are hard to play against. They're tough. They're fast and, and, and all those fun things. And that's what Timo Meyer is. Like, if you want to, you know, if if the marketing team for the Sharks is going to, you know, build up their nice posters based on what Mike Greer wants the team to look like, Timo Meyer is going to be on a lot of these posters. And I kind of, that's where I was going with that. Thank you for picking me up. Yeah, here. no problem. And I and I feel like the that's kind of the key to this whole thing. I mean, what happens with Timo Meyer is going to tell us what the direction of the Sharks is because, you know, Timo Meyer is a good player. He's twenty five years old. If it is a long teardown, you don't want to waste his time, right? Yeah. And well, so I just if wonder it's... if if Timo Meyer is 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 not in the future plans, I just wonder what would have happened when Thomas Shirtle came up. Right, exactly. But and 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 that's the thing. And and I think even Tomas Hurdle, I think to a lesser degree, fits Mike Greer's mold. You know, he's not mm-hmm. the fastest. He's not the fastest guy by any stretch, but he is a very big, a big body. You know, he's six foot two, two hundred fifteen pounds, but he plays so much bigger. He is hard to play against. And you know, aside from all that, he is a good player. And I think, you know. You, you can have both, right, where you totally throw a grenade on the team while also establishing who your core is and going from there, you know? And I think, you know, 
Meyer and uh, Hurdle, I think those are the guys that you know Mike Greer is going to continue to look for. I mean, they they are skilled players, but they are hard to play against, and they do use their bodies well and effectively. And I do. I mean, it goes so much further though. Like I worry about a Barabanov. I worry about a Noah Gregor. Mm-hmm. You know, do these guys fit this mold? And some people are saying that it's a bit of a prehistoric kind of mindset to have. But I do think the Sharks have had a habit, especially the last three years, the Sharks have had a habit of being pushed around a little bit. And, you know, that's not to say that you need a a, 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 a lineup full of, you know, Jeff VLs, but, you know, you should be able to stand up for yourself and... and yeah, like I understand, like the, I, I understand the people that wanted this team to get tougher, but I don't know if like is getting tougher, meaning you have to put like lineups, like lines of guys on the ice, like it's the eighties, right? I I'm not there, right? Like, and that's and that's I think the part of the the thing that I don't that I don't understand. I think the little bit thing, like I understand. Okay, you want to get a little bit bigger, that's fine. Like, but. Oh, uh, it's all. It's also worth saying. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just I think if you you know like if you you can go too far in the other direction on that. Like I I understand getting tougher to play against, but like you can go too far in the other direction. It's also worth saying. All things equal. If 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 Mike Greer looks at this team and he thinks you know what that hurdle guy is not really part of the plan. Aside from the fact that he has a no move clause, that's a that's yeah. a tradable contract if you ask me. Yeah. And so if it gets to that point where he says, ah, you know what, this hurdle guy, not really feeling it, it's a movable contract. Timo Meyer, same thing. Yeah. I don't want him to be moved, but it's a movable it's a movable asset. And and you know, we're not even gonna talk about the qualifying offer nonsense because it's a non issue. And you know these these players that we're worried about, they can be moved. I yeah, guess, like here, and here's the thing, right? Like I'm seeing something in the chat. Look at you can be as tough as you want, but if you can't score goals, you can't win hockey games. Bingo. That's period. Like that's 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 it. Like you can be as tough as you want, and you can be as hard to play against as you want, but if you can't score goals, you don't win hockey games. That's it. I don't know. All right. Um. Go ahead. Um. Uh. uh like a tiger in the chat mentioned, like. Hurdle must be regretting his decision to resign with the Sharks. So. See, I don't think so. Now, if Timo Meyer was traded, then I think mm-hmm. he would be. But I think Hurdle full well knew what was going on with the the plan over the next few years. I said it at the time that he was signed to the contract extension. The Sharks have three years to turn this around. If they haven't turned this around by three years, which is when Hurdle's no movement clause mm-hmm. ends. At that point, the Sharks can look into a possibility of, of moving him because clearly something went wrong and they need to go a completely different direction yeah. anyway. So I think I think I think Hurdle's fine with with his. All decision. right. So I figured what I would do is um, I'd go around the division a little bit. Just kind of we don't have to go super deep into any of this. I think like we're going to do like for those that have not watched the Tilton glasses before, like we generally do talk about other teams. We have a series that we do every summer called know your enemy. When we kind of start laying out the preview for all the divisional teams. So there's going to be eight shows dedicated to eight of or seven, I guess, because the sharks are a team in the division, I suppose. Uh, so there'll be seven shows um, dedicated to each of these things where we're going to take a much deeper dive. Um, but I figured let's um, obviously we can start with Edmonton. 
Uh, I figure Edmonton's the one thing, right? Uh, Edmonton signs goaltender Jack Campbell, five years, five million AAV. It's a little rich for my blood for Jack Campbell. Um, they re-signed Brett Kulak for uh, by two. 0.75 and of course they bring back Evander Kane uh four years 5.125 million um yeah Edmonton Oilers I think of all the divisional opponents for the Sharks that made moves today I think Edmonton has by and large been the most successful at building their team for next season I mean I I was I was very critical of the Brett Kulak trade when it came down I mm-hmm. I kind of thought giving up a second round pick for him was a bit rich. He ended up playing extremely well for them. And so good, good on them for recognizing the talent and bringing him back, but also at such a a low number, like it's a, it's not that contract won't kill them. They can trade it if it's bad. And if it's good, then they've got awesome value. You know, Evander Kane, he played well for them. He still sucks as a person. <laughs> hey, Ev- Evander Kane it still has two more years before they will be begging anyone to take the remaining exactly. two years. And and oh, Jack so, Campbell, so. I agree with you, Ian. The contract is a bit rich. I don't have a problem with the AAV. It's the years that I'm a, mm. a bit I'm a bit nervous yeah. about. Yeah. If it was a, a a three years times five million, I'd be okay with that. Even if it was a three years times six million, I think I'd be fine. But it's the years for me that are messing up. Yeah. I mean, they had to do something in goal. Um, I think the (laughs) one thing I I think the one thing um, that I keep going back to is our conversation we had about James Reimer on our goalie pyramid show, which you can go back and watch. Um, Really fun show that we did. And we had a nice conversation about James Reimer. And um, yeah, I might have to concede hockey jerks probably right because. It seem like all these all these opportunities where you think James Reimer should land, and um, he just never seems to go anywhere. Not that I think he should go anywhere, but you know what I mean. I still think, and I, I I've said it a while. I like to stick to my guns. I still think James Reimer is a trade deadline tradable I agree. asset. Yeah, I don't see any reason that the Sharks need to trade him right now, uh, unless you think that James Reimer. I think if is someone if someone blows the doors off, you blows your doors off for James Reimer. You probably have to consider it. Sure, but no, I don't think no, I anyone's going to do that. Like, I think that's a pipe dream. So I think Reimer is going to get fetch you just as much value in February as he is right now. Yeah. So. And- so I, I, to me, if Edmonton wants to go and acquire James Reimer to back up Jack Campbell uh, going into the playoffs, I think that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense because um, you guys know that I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. Stuart Skinner fan. And I'm not even a big Jack Campbell fan either. Um, but I do understand this move that the Oilers made today. They did need to improve on their goalie goaltending and especially get younger um, from Mike Smith there. So... It, it, the moves they made are fine, um, and and I, I I don't see a problem. Well, and, and I think to your point, Kevin, like the Sharks could trade trade James Reimer right now, and maybe they'll get a third round pick for him, and it's going to be awesome. But why wouldn't you just wait till the trade deadline? You know, when a team inevitably has a goalie that gets hurt, or mm-hmm. maybe they are playing dodgeball on the ice. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, if we don't pay a second for James Reimer, we're going to lose the Stanley Cup. 
You know, it, it's at this point the Sharks need to be taking advantage of other teams that get desperate. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And here's the thing. Uh, I just spin it back with the Sharks here, because Ian, I thought you had some really great points about the goaltending. Uh, pipeline and you know a lot has been said today about why are the sharks acquiring more goaltending they just drafted a goalie they already Mm -hmm. have goalie prospects they got three nhlers everything like that reimer won't be here next season Mm makiniemi might by next season i mean 23 24 Mm -hmm. makiniemi might not even be there that season makiniemi still gets my vote for not being zachary iman though (laughs) <laughs> Amon will definitely not be here in 23-24. And Aiden Hill is probably traded before the season begins. So all of a sudden, that's why you acquire the goalies now. Because half of them are going to be gone by the end of this year. And now well, then it'll probably be Kakinen. You hope it'll be Kakinen's net because he took it. Right and uh, Strauss Mann hopefully had a great year with the Barracuda that he gets promoted up to be Kakinen's backup next year, and then you've got Krona, Krona mm-hmm. and Goodrow coming in from the pipeline to be the Barracuda goalies next year. And what do you know? You have even symmetry right there. Yep. So I think you just hang on to James Reimer, and uh, and then if a team like Edmonton comes calling at the deadline, move him then, and you're going to get the same exact asset that you would right now. Yeah, I think you get even more personally, but I, but you your might, point, you might, but your point, I agree with Kevin and, and, and similar, you know, the analogy that I always point to how you're talking about the Sharks have a lot of goalies and, you know, the people who say, I believe Ian said it, you can never have too many goalies. Can't. Look at, look at, I mean, look at the Anaheim Ducks, you know, yeah. the Anaheim Ducks, they had yeah. about, you know, they had Victor Fast who say what you want about Victor Fast, but they got an asset for him. Again, they, SHL winning goalie at age 38 and retired as a champ. <laughs> right. They had Frederick Anderson, who they were able to get a first-round pick for that became Sam Steele. Didn't get a qualifying offer, but Sam Steele's a good player. But even uh, you know, beyond the goaltending, I mean, how many years did we talk about Anaheim being a farm for defensemen? Yep. And you know, yeah. they got good assets for Josh Manson. They got good assets for Brandon Montour. Good assets for Hampus Lindholm. You know, you even if you have, you know, you've only got four in your organization, four goalie spots, maybe five. If you've got eight guys, you know, you can trade the other three. You're allowed to do that. You know, <laughs> I, I I feel like that's and we're getting way off topic, but okay. I feel it needs to be said. I it it seems to me there's almost this idea where, like, contracts and roster spots are like locked in. You know, mm-hmm. where it says, oh, well, you know, that player would be nice, but how do we do that? We have no cap space. And I feel like people are kind of disregarding the the big point of, like, you're allowed to trade money out. The Sharks did it today, you know. Like, you don't have to keep everybody. And I kind of feel like that's something folks tend to gloss over, is that you're allowed to get rid of players even if you really like them. Yeah, I, I think, like, for me, is... The questions, obviously, I have going back to Edmonton here quick. Um, I think going on the goalie thing, though, is like you can never have too many goalies as long as you have places for all of them to play. And right now, other than in the NHL, the Sharks have places for all their goalies to play. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, I think going back to Edmonton quick here, like Jack Campbell, I don't like the term. The the money's probably fine. I I just don't like the term. And I just... I... Again, like I've wonder if Jack Campbell is 
going to be a flash in the pan guy or if he's like, you know, if he's going to be this generation's Tim Thomas. If he turns into this generation Tim Thomas, it's a hell of a move for Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Hell of a move. But if he's a flash in the pan, like, this is something that they could definitely be kicking themselves uh, at down the road. Um, yeah. Vander Kane, I mean, we know the story there. Like, he's going to score goals. Is the goals going to be worth whatever damage he wreaks in that locker room? Question mark? They're not going to care about Jack Campbell once Evander Kane is done with the team. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, like, that's, you know, I mean, the less said about Evander Kane, the better at this point. Um, does this have an impact on his arbitration? I don't think so. We talked about that earlier, too, though. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, Edmonton, I think they've I think they they've done okay. I, I think they're, you know, they're definitely in the mix to be a playoff team. I, I think they're probably safely in the playoffs in the Pacific Division. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on, I have this in no particular order, so this isn't uh, this isn't in any like good to bad or whatever. Um, I have Seattle up next. Uh, they obviously got Andrew Barakovsky for five years, five point five million. I thought that surprised me a little bit. That um, you know, I thought he was probably going to go somewhere a little more contendery than Seattle, but Seattle Seattle's kind of doing pretty good things. I mean, it's not gonna actualize right now but i think they are going to be a force when these pieces start really really falling into place uh they also signed goaltender martin jones to a one-year two million dollar contract i would like martin jones agent to contact me i need i need this agent (laughs) Um, you need more information (laughs) I, i i just need this agent when i when when kyle dubas calls me tomorrow after he sees this podcast i i want him to negotiate me a a, a martin jones deal um, cause I bring nothing. So if he can, I'm, if he can get me a good deal like Martin Jones, we're good. I'm very, <laughs> Seattle is very intriguing to me. I think you're right, Ian. I think they are kind of on the verge of something here. I mean, we, we all like Andre Burakovsky mm-hmm. here. I was, I was, you know, sort of putting it out into the universe that I hoped the Sharks would take a sniff at Burakovsky. Obviously they didn't, but you know, Burakovsky is there. We like him. Friend of the show, Jared McCann is there. Um, you know, they got Shane Wright under contract and I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't at least get his nine games Mm -hmm. and, you know, word, word around the water coolers are going to bring in, uh, John Klingberg. That's a huge name. They've got Philip Grubauer in net. I mean, they're, they're sort of building those foundational pieces where maybe around the edges, it still looks a bit critical, but the core is in place. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty psyched about the, I would be psyched about the core if I was a Seattle Kraken fan, because they've done a lot of good things considering the on ice product hasn't really been all that enticing uh, yeah. for people to be a part of, but also, and, Justin and, you Schultz, know, they, two years, 3 million AAV. That was the one where, you know, I don't understand Martin Jones because they have Grubauer. They have Dreger. I don't but get Martin. out for nine months or whatever. Yeah. So that's why they okay. brought Martin Jones. Good in. point. That's a good point. I did not recall that. That's a good. Okay. All right. Still though, Martin Jones, $2 million. His agent needs to call us. Get me his agent, <laughs> please. Uh, Justin Schultz, he he is a really good power play defenseman. Not so much of an emphasis on the defense thing. And he keeps getting contracts. So, again, Justin Schultz, whoever your agent is, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my thing with Burakovsky is Seattle is the perfect place for him to take that next step in his career. He, mm-hmm. It was also at a good opportunity to make some extra money 
coming oh, off yeah. a couple women as well. But I I identified when we did our uh, free agent frenzy signings game that we do every year. I identified Seattle as one of Which the teams who really at. needed to lock in a new left wing. And mm-hmm. I'm very frustrated that I wrote Seattle in for Burakovsky and then changed it up to Dallas. <laughs> um, I, between him and Marchment and Trocheck, I, I had them all in the right place and undid them all. Oh, no. So sad. So sad. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's a good signing. And especially when you are Seattle and you bring in Shane Wright to compliment uh, Matty Beniers says, all right, we got our center depth for a long, long time. Let's add some, some goal scoring wings. So Burakovsky made a lot of sense to me and the Klingberg thing. I think there's some stock in there. I think there's still room for them to add another big time defenseman. Um, I don't know why Detroit's not involved more or maybe they are. And they just, those rumors are, uh, aren't there yet, but um, and I, yeah, I think Klingberg could go to Seattle. And and the the exciting thing again, the exciting thing if you're a Seattle Kraken fan, and obviously this has everything to do with how good of a team Colorado was this year. But Burakovsky put up 61 points while only getting like 16 minutes a night. Yeah, you know you bump you bump that up to 20, and that. Again, that could be something really interesting, and and I do agree, Kevin. I think with with uh, with Beniers and with Wright down the middle, Seattle is set for minimum ten years. Yeah, but you know, stupid. for the time for the time being, again, like we're talking about, Yanni Gord is there. Our buddy Jared McCann is there. Alexander Wenberg is there. They've got guys. Like I said, the I don't think the Kraken are making the playoffs next year, but they're. I kind of want to put an eye on them. Just one, not yeah. two, but. I do want to keep Well, they my... only have an eye on in their logo. That is eye. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and you know, they like you know, they've got three second round picks for this coming year as well. They almost seem like a sleeper pick to do something else on the trade front if things go their way. Yeah, definitely. Know, some, something to think about. Um next up I have the Anaheim Ducks. Uh they signed right wing Frank Fratrano to a three year three point six five million AAV contract and center Ryan Strom for five years five million. Um I like Fratrano. I I think I'm okay with him at that price, especially for Anaheim. They have all the cap space in the world. Um mm-hmm. Ryan Strom at five by five. Little concerning. It's it's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the Ryan Strom signing coming. Um, I thought maybe because I that was a spot that I considered for Trocheck, mm-hmm. and then I was like, nah, their center depth is pretty set. Um, I think Vetrano, despite the fact, yeah, maybe his terms are all right. I think it's a big step up from Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano had some really good chemistry with Trevor Zegras, but I'm taking Frankie Vetrano all day over Sonny Milano. Agreed. So yeah, yeah, I that that I agree up. with. I, I think they there was a lot of flack for them letting go of Sonny Milano, and but I mean, Vitrano's an upgrade. It's yeah. ju- it's just interesting to me. And again, I Vitrano, a, a good player. You know, I know there were a handful of people who were wanting the Sharks to take a look. I was one of those people. Obviously, didn't work out. He goes to the Ducks. Ryan Strom, he's a player. I mean, obviously, playing with Panarin, he had some good years, but. Let's see what you do without Panarin. And I just, I don't understand. Like, the Ducks are not a next-year team. No. So, 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand the rationale. Maybe, and you know what? They, according to Cap Friendly, they do only have ten NHL forwards and four NHL defensemen. Mm-hmm. Um, eleven if you count Silverberg, who's on the injured reserve. So, but point being, that's not a full roster. No, and and it's a very, very young roster. I mean, <laughs> Adam Hen- Adam roster. Henrique is the wily veteran at thirty-two. That's yeah. <laughs> you I, know what I mean? Like for like. Thirty-two, like that, like he's a couple years older than me, you know, and but he's the old guy. Like, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to when we do our Anaheim show. Yeah, because this is a team that I just, if you know, like, as talking about direction, I have no idea what the Ducks are doing. So yeah. I'm really looking yeah. forward to deep diving that a little bit because this is a team where I am just perplexed as to I'll what they're you, doing. And- if they and Pat Verbeek really wanted to overhaul the uh, farm system as mm-hmm. well, and they brought in Roy Sommer, which a lot has been said about Roy Sommer <laughs> uh, in his tenure with the Sharks, and I uh, was kind of stumbled. I will not lie, kind of stumbled into that information that Roy Sommer would be the Ducks uh, AHL coach there a little over a week yep. ago. Break. Breaking um, breaking news: Andre Palat, five-year deal, New Jersey Devils. Whoa! Ooh. Well, New Jersey got snubbed by Johnny Goudreau today, mm-hmm. and and and, uh, and on the prediction sheet, who said New Jersey? Nobody. <laughs> oh, we suck this okay. year. Although, worth saying, worth saying, I do put it out there. He'll be upset with me if I don't. I was texting with Ryan today, and Ryan said, "Do we think New Jersey circles onto Palat now that they lost out on Goudreau?" So, okay. Ryan, if you're listening, I'll tweet that text out just so everybody knows that you are also smart, just like us. <laughs> also, I, I, something that we something we said earlier, apparently, Balsers to the Panthers is not a done deal yet. So, there's oh. that too. I, yeah, it's the. I think AJ shared it in the chat. Shout out to AJ, but that mm-hmm. was a. I think somebody, you know, somebody was a little trigger happy on the press release. So I wouldn't be surprised if. I wouldn't be surprised if it's official tomorrow morning. For sure. But as of right now, it's, it's not a thing. Unofficially official, as we say. Well, right. you know what? Ryan should, I just realized, Ryan should know about the New Jersey Devils. So, <laughs> yeah. you sorry, inside joke there. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they got center Curtis Lazar for three years at $1 million, I guess. Yay. Um, and they got Mikheyev <laughs> for four years at for 0.75, I don't mind that deal for Mikheyev. Um Curtis Lazar at three years. I mean, one million, who cares, but three years? Eh. I was going to say, he's another guy where I'm like, who's your agent? Yeah. <laughs> like, he just keeps getting contracts. And good for him, you know. But Curtis Lazar did take finally take that step forward with Boston this year, though. True. True point. True. He did do mm-hmm. that. Like I don't think he's anything more like than a, a tweener. Like I, 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 if the Sharks had signed Curtis Lazar, I think I'd actually be more upset than signing Nico Sturm. Um, I would, yeah. But he's forged an NHL career after being a, a once highly touted prospect and then falling to complete obscurity. He has at least found his way back to the NHL. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just some other teams, obviously, I mentioned Quiet Day for L.A. I mean, L.A. kind of already did their thing when they re-upped Kempe, um, but Quiet Day Kempe, for L.A. 
Fiala. Well, they, yeah, Fiala they, too. Uh, yeah, so they've kind yeah, of they traded for Fiala. They re-upped Kempe. They also um, they extended Alexander Edler. Mm-hmm. So at, at league minimum too. Right. So they kind of, you know, quiet day, but that's not to say that they did nothing. I don't think. Correct. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the Calgary Flames uh, lost Johnny Gaudreau, which we'll get to uh, in a little bit, and re-upped uh, Zadorov, making sure that he could not be sand- signed by Mike Greer, which I'm eternally thankful for. Yeah, yeah shout out. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, um, but Johnny Gaudreau, I, I've had Nazem Kadri pegged to Calgary from the start, and I know Kadri's just kind of like sitting back with his of his eventually uh stanley cup ring and just like bring me the money boys bring me the money i've been waiting a long time for this and i think calgary's gonna throw some stupid offer out tomorrow it's funny too because three years ago he could have gone to calgary and axed the trade yeah huh i forgot about that. yeah so i'd be very interested to see what happens there? I do think Calgary is a very different team than they were three years ago. Mm-hmm. Sure, but it may it does make you think. I think. I mean, I I don't I don't necessarily want to make anybody nervous here, but you know, Kadri does kind of play the style that Mike Greer is looking for. I don't think I don't think that means that Mike Greer is going to go after him per se, but Kadri I think would fit really well on Calgary, and I wonder if other teams in the division might look at that and be a little upset over it. Yeah. Calgary again, Calgary is another team that's going to be really interesting when we deep dive. Um, now for the main event of the Pacific division, <laughs> <laughs> the Vegas golden Knights. This is what y'all subscribe this for is, right here. Besides shark stock, the, um, Vegas golden Knights, Carolina gets left wing, Max Pacioretty. They get still, <sighs> they get defenseman Dylan Coughlin. Vegas in return gets future considerations. My favorite player. This is what we were talking about earlier. The Sharks are off the hook for worst trade of the day. Yeah. Like, I, again, I understand Vegas is trying to aggressively clear money. I get it. Totally understand. But and and credit to the other teams in the league for not letting Vegas bend them over again. But yeah. But. God damn, dude. Max Pacioretty was probably their best goal scorer. And they... An elite forward. An elite, elite forward. forward. Like, how is it fair that all these guys like have to bid and everything, and then Max Pacioretty just gets given to the Carolina Hurricanes? They don't have to go out and sign anybody. They just get given him. And everyone else is squabbling over Johnny Gaudreau. That's a great point. That's how I felt about Marc-Andre Fleury last year. When they just gave him away without his even oh. no, I got. I hope. I hope Max Pacioretty didn't find out by Twitter uh, breaking, about this trade. Like Flurry breaking did last news, year. the Carolina Hurricanes uh, taking advantage of the Sharks continues. Zach Sachenko, two year or a two way deal to Carolina. Oh, there you go. All right, so that's that. That's interesting to me because. Um, Kachetkov, they got Kachetkov, they've got uh, Anderson right now, and I feel like they still have Antti Ranta. So, but they lost Alex Lyon. They obviously traded McAniemi today, so Sachenko probably falls into that backup role for the mm-hmm. Chicago Wolves. Oh, good for him. Yeah, good, I, yeah, good for Sachenko. I mean, uh, again, 
Yeah, uh, a guy that I don't think an undrafted yeah. goalie, an undrafted goalie getting NHL time with the Sharks this year, and now getting a contract uh, from a really good organization in, in terms of player personnel. And and you know what? Re- really quick, I know again, Vegas Vegas deserves all kinds of tomatoes thrown at them for the moves they've pulled the last two years. Like, you know, obviously dumping Pacioretty is dumb and, you know, dumping Flurry was dumb. And the guys they threw overboard to make room for other guys, you know, Tuck, Krebs, Nate Schmidt, Kevin's favorite player. Like, these... <laughs> uh, yeah. I was waiting for Dylan Coughlin right. to be my favorite You know, all, all these moves, it's like, man, what do you do? You know, Nick Suzuki, Tomash Tatar. That's like, it. the list goes on. Like, the tree but... tree for this Pacioretty thing is Brutal. disgusting. Brutal. Like, bought high on Tatar, then sold him low for Pacioretty, and then sold low on... Pa- sold Pacioretty low. Like, yeah. it's... Like... <laughs> it's kind of astonishing how much they've gotten their you know their lunch money taken today but all things aside i think personally just as somebody who you know willingly or unwillingly has their ear to the ground on some golden knights happenings good business getting riley smith back in at the same money he was making last year like huge fan favorite in for the las vegas knights and Good player, all things aside, and, 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 you know, he could have easily gone to another team and made seven million bucks, and so the fact that he took five to stay in Vegas, Vegas, you know, as much as we don't want to hand out W's, Vegas needed a W, and they got one here. I don't know. In that, in that, in respect, that respect, yeah. There, but again, if you, you know, but again, if you go one for ten, you still suck. Yeah, like asset management, like... Like Saravelli, I think it was Saravelli, or someone posted it earlier. Yeah, it was, it was like Cerevelli. it was like you you gave up a first, a second, and a third for Thomas Tatar. Then you sent Tatar and Nick Suzuki, who's a hell of a player. Yep. To get Pacioretty. And, and a second. And a second, and all you and and all you have to show for it is Carolina owes you a back rub. That's what would brutal. we could. Okay, curious your thoughts. When it gets when the news gets really really thin, maybe mm-hmm. August August 21st ish. Imagine we do a 45 minute show on this trade tree. <laughs> I dig it. Hey, not before not before I do my Pat Falloon to Anthony Botetto trade tree <laughs> oh. with Eric. Because that trade tree officially ended today when Anthony Botetto signed with, I think it was the Florida Panthers. There you go. So the original lineage back to Pat Falloon, the first pick ever by the Sharks in 1991, has officially ended today. That's amazing. So. Um, and they also, yeah, so do, as do you mentioned, wanna, Riley Smith. Do we want to dump on Vegas more really quick? I think. Uh, give me a second. Fun. Yeah, okay, sure. So go, running it back. So. To, to for Tomas Tatar, it was a first round pick, second round pick, third round pick. Correct. So that first round pick, Joe Valeno. We were big fans of Joe Valeno at the time. Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen yeah. what happens there. That second round pick originally Columbus's, then Vegas, then Montreal. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm looking at the wrong second round pick here. Uh, that second round pick was Robert. Kevin, help me out. Master Simone. Oh, Master Simone. I'm yeah. not too familiar with that prospect, but remains to be seen. And the 
uh, the third that was in 2020. Um, ooh, I that one might have been flipped around a couple times because I don't see I don't see anything relating to it. But even then, I mean, again, like Joe Valeno is a good player. Mm-hmm. You know, we were obviously big fans and. To pile on even more, here we go. The The third-round pick was actually 2021. Apologies. Aiden Hreshchuk? Kevin, thoughts? Yeah, uh, I got yeah. <laughs> He's a guy. Um, I, I, I remember he was in my list. That's about it. Yeah. I, w- I was hoping that it would have been like three home runs. But, you know, Joe Valeno, big name. Mm-hmm. Also, so, and then as you mentioned, Ian, Tomas Tatar, who gave up a lot of assets for take him you take nick suzuki really good player montreal's mm-hmm. best player probably second round pick to montreal for max Pacioretty. that second round pick got flipped to la sam fagimo there you go yeah that one's Fagimo, by the way well i've heard it both ways <laughs> um the the vegas golden knights thing is going to be very interesting to watch obviously they brought in bruce cassidy so in that in that light, you know, that was a big victory, probably their biggest victory. In oh, yeah, my that's, that's huge. But uh, what kind of team is Vegas going to have? Again, every single year they have a different team. Now Max Pacioretty is gone after they sold the farm, basically, to, to get him. And now Twice. they give him with Coglin to Carolina for nothing. Um, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, I'm curious <laughs> to see why Carolina, like back to what Ian said. Why? How did Carolina end up getting him? Teams are were frothing at the mouth to get Goodrow, and then mm-hmm. when Goodrow went, then there was Palat, and now Palat's off the board, and Nuchushkin already got his big deal with Colorado, and Burakovsky got his big deal with Seattle. David Perron to Detroit. David Perron to Detroit. Uh, Mason Marchment signed in Dallas. So like these these left wings are just. Going by the wayside, you know, just bam, 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 bam. Can't keep up. When I heard he was going you to Carolina. Didn't have waited a couple of days to Sorry. trade match ready. There might have been a team out there. Well, I, and I, and that's go ahead, Ian. I'm I was going to say the one thing I was like when when I heard it was Carolina that that Pacioretty was going to, and they didn't know the return at first. Like I would I wanted so bad just for the chaos for like to be Brent Burns on like further reduced salary. <laughs> I wanted that so bad, <laughs> just for the chaos. See, wow. I think the 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 rationale that you had with the Brent Burns deal, Ian, mm-hmm. I almost think it applies here too. But to Vegas, this you know you can be ten percent over the salary cap. It was not time sensitive to move Pacioretty. Yeah, you know Vegas didn't. You know they they you know they they filed the paperwork for Riley Smith and they re-signed Brett Howden. Mm-hmm. All right, one point five million one year. Yeah, like. The thing is, like, and, and again, Riley Smith, by all accounts, Riley Smith had already committed to coming back to Vegas in March. You're telling me you couldn't yeah. have kept that in the hopper a little bit longer? And to your point, Ian, trading Pacioretty was not time sensitive. Why yeah. why not wait a couple days, as you said, Kevin, and then maybe you go to, t- you know, you say, hey, well, you know, Carolina's going to take him for nothing, and Team B might come back to you and say, well, that's ridiculous. We'll give you x round pick for him what if calgary doesn't get nazim Kadri? yeah what's calgary gonna do nothing they're probably gonna honestly they're probably gonna if they don't get somebody to replace goodrow they probably trade matthew kachuk and just do like a quick reset Uh, yeah but if if they're gonna lose him anyway 
Yeah, but I mean, like, you could bring in Pacioretty there, you know? Yeah, and and that's and that's the thing. You start Carolina telling teams way hey. better back rubs. <laughs> the only thing is, the only thing is, though, Vegas would be trading with a divisional. Uh, that's opponent, true. Though. That is sure. True. But but again, but same thing. You know, I find it very hard to believe if you go to and we'll use Calgary for example. You go to Calgary and said, "Hey, well, we got a deal from to go to Carolina, and they're paying nothing." Calgary is going to be like, "Well, that's ridiculous. We'll give you a sixth for them." You know, and yeah. that's still not good value, but that's better value than nothing. Yeah, I think Vegas kind of fumbled the bag a little bit on that one. Yep. Yeah. When Vegas does bad, it's good. I mean, what can I say? Hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah, it is. I mean, they're still like, I think, again, like, they're still a good team. They're, they're a good team. I think they're going to be definitely in the hunt to win the Pacific. I might even put them at the top of the Pacific still uh, if they can be healthy. And I think Bruce Cassidy's a hell of a coach. So. We I don't know, see. though. I mean, you know, they're already I mean, they're already over the cap. Mm-hmm. They need to get Nick Hague signed. They need to get Nick Waugh signed. Keegan yeah. Colasar needs a new deal. Um, the the feather in their cap is that, you know, they can they can go over the cap by seven point eight million by virtue Correct. of Shea Weber's deal. So that's in their favor. Um, but, you know, you still have to be able to build a cap compliant team before you go over the cap with LTIR. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, like everyone knows, Columbus caught the biggest fish in the sea. Johnny Gaudreau, seven years, $9.8 million. Um, I was surprised Columbus a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Although, like, some of the other teams that he was rumored to go to are not exactly um, juggernaut teams either. But Columbus did kind of surprise me a little bit. I heard, so while you and AJ were doing the show Earlier today, again, Teal Town Live. Go check it out after our show here, if you haven't already. Um, that's when the rumors started coming in about Johnny Goodrow possibly to Columbus. And when I heard it, I thought, huh. And then I started thinking more about it, and I was like, yeah, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. Because I, I, I still, despite this past season, consider Columbus as a team on the rise. They, they are trying to, uh, you know restore some faith for their fan base mm-hmm. uh the the number of players who have left Col- columbus is a laundry list and the the number of players who have come in is very short and i think that's why it's such a surprising signing but johnny goodrow can really go out there and be a star without really having to worry about anyone else being a star yeah. um I thought New Jersey made sense because then you've got Goodrow playing with a player like Jack Hughes or maybe even Nico Hischer. I don't hate but, ja, I don't hate Johnny Goodrow with June Benner, uh, Boone Jenner though. You know what I think is really nice though. <laughs> Pierre Luc Dubois now has an incentive to get a deal done a little bit faster with Columbus. When you say, you see your general manager go out there and say... He is a Winnipeg Jet. Oh, we're giving you Johnny Goudreau to play with. He is a Winnipeg Pierre Jet. Lu- In the Patrick Shoot! Line deal. <laughs> Patrick Line. Okay, but... We're giving you someone but, to come, you know, like... But to, your po- but to your point, Kevin, you know, if you're Columbus, you can do... Johnny Goudreau on the left wing, Patrick Lina on the right wing. You could do me in the middle, and that would be a pretty good yeah. line. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of who the heck center. I I, I wonder yeah, yeah, what they do with Lina yeah. though, because I I mean obviously they are gonna have they they're gonna have to do some cap gymnastics to get Lina. 
done. I, a lot of a lot of people on the Twitter are talking about Gus Nyquist being the casualty. That makes and sense. And he's at five. He's at five and a half million right now. Going to be a UFA next summer. Yeah, yeah. I, that could that See could that. definitely be a casualty. I think it's something that <laughs> bring him back to the Sharks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, the thing that's interesting to me about this Johnny Gaudreau stuff, and so. He comes in, you know, his contract uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets, obviously it's a seven-year deal, um, 68 and a quarter million dollars, 68250000 mm-hmm. His uh, offer from the Calgary Flames, excuse me, his offer from the Calgary Flames, $84 million. By all accounts, his offer from the New Jersey Devils was in the 76-77 neighborhood. You know, and Islanders, nobody knows what the Islanders put up because Lou Lamorello, it's the, you know, the whatever, the Chamber of Secrets there. It's true. Point, be, point being is Columbus was a a um, a sleeping giant. You know, everybody was thinking, you know, either Calgary or New Jersey or the Philadelphia Flyers. Nobody <laughs> was talking about Columbus. The Flyers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Flyers, ridiculous. Nobody was talking about Columbus, so they're, mm-hmm. they're out of left field. Um of the three teams that are close to his hometown, they're the that were reportedly interested. Columbus is the furthest away, and they gave him the less money or the yeah. least amount of money, total yeah. money, and no signing bonus either. So, and again, no, not to disparage Ohio or anything. I'm sure it's very nice there, but less money, further away from home, no signing bonus, no elite number one center to play with. Why did you go there? I I'm curious to see, but I still I I dig it. It makes I'm me think there's another know. move in the hopper. Yeah, I think I think so as well. And you know, I I'm always of the why don't you take less to help your help uh, your team bring in more assets? Sure. Um, yeah, I think this could be a a situation like you just said. They bring in someone else, or they move someone else to bring someone in. And uh, away the Blue Jackets go. Uh, but I I dig it. I'm happy for them. Uh, <laughs> AJ saying what I was thinking. Oh, this Couture. affects the... I want to... What? AJ was saying in the chat, Couture to Columbus. Oh, my God. God. There, you, there you go. I want to know how this affects the Cleveland Monsters, though. That's so, true. That's, that's, that is a good yeah. question. <laughs> that was for Like a Tiger there. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's so... The... the the Blue Jackets are such a fascinating team, but like that division's death. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like that division is death. It's weird. It's it's weird to me. Like I don't. I mean, good for him. I mean, he got what he wanted, um, and you know he picked his spot. But I just like that division's death. I don't know how Columbus claws into the playoffs in that division. See, and I would, I you think know, they need to improve their goaltending first. Yeah, and I, you know, I would say if only they were in the Atlantic. But even then, the Atlantic's gotten better too. Like you have Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Boston, mm-hmm. Detroit. I think is a better team. Ottawa, I think is a better team. Yeah, like. You know, the, the Ottawa, Eastern Conference. I mean, Ottawa's been yeah. fascinating. <laughs> like, for, you know, Melnick dies, and it's like, okay, we're going to we're gonna do stuff now. Yeah, no kidding. I The Eastern Conference as a whole is very, very deadly, it's if you ask me. Role. Like, yeah. 
it's going to, like, I think, you know, this year we knew who the eight playoff teams were by Christmas. Mm -hmm. I think next year or this coming year, depending on when you're listening to this, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't (laughs) be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we see most of the Eastern Conference playoff spots clinched really late. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, staying in the uh, metro, uh, Evgeny Malkin. I was just going to say. Four years, no, 6.1 million. Pat ourselves on the back. Yeah. Who who was that? I was talking over you. Evgeny Malkin. Uh, four oh. years, 6.1 million. We, um, we, said, we said they were going to get Malkin, Latang, and Raquel done, and they did, all three. Yeah. They had to. Uh, yeah. But, you know, shout out to us. Absolutely, it's it's all us. It had nothing to do with, I'm sure, Sidney Crosby hearing that Evgeny Malkin was <laughs> going to go to free agency. And uh, I I know you guys have probably seen the the picture of the shark with the assault rifle. I'm assuming Penguin has some sort of weapon too, because oh uh, yeah, no, Tiger did a graphic with Penguin as well. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's I, which I don't know where this photo came from. I don't know if it's shopped, but it's it's iceberg holding a pistol. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but I love it. <laughs> Uh, I saw a funny tweet that said Malkin said I want to test free agency and Crosby replied with the only thing you're testing is my patience. Yeah. And that's I think that's an accurate descriptor of how the uh the negotiations went. I mean you just take you take a quick peek, right? Malkin and Latang, same AAV. Um they both took a haircut to stick around. I mean yeah. between the two between the two of them, Pittsburgh got four and a half million dollars in cap space and they were able to funnel most of that over to keeping Raquel. Oh, it is it is it's from what what movie is that? Face off? No, not face off. What was that? Uh, Sudden face death off was the penguin. Sudden death. Yeah. Sudden death, that was it. Face off was yeah. Yeah. Cage. Sudden death. For those love it. For those who have no idea what we're talking about, well I'll I'll share the link to the tweet in the chat here. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> when John Dodd Van Dam kills Iceberg. That is correct. That's amazing. Um, yeah, um, I think, I think the... I also saw like the, the, the videos making the rounds of like the dog pushing the person's head underwater. Like that was probably Sidney Crosby. To, to <laughs> and we talked about it when we did our penguin show a few weeks ago, but I mm-hmm. think it's more, it's, it's more to the forefront now. You know, the, the penguins are currently, over the cap, not by much, but they're over the cap. And and you know what? I think with some roster moves, I think they would be cap compliant, but it still does make you wonder, like, Casperi Kapanen is an RFA. Mm-hmm. Where do they go from there? You know, Marcus Pedersen and John Marino have been rumored to be available for trade. Does something happen there? Does Pittsburgh sweet talk somebody into taking Mike Matheson? Remains to be seen. You know, I... Penguins could send a guy, you know, they could easily send Drew O'Connor to the AHL and be cap compliant, but I feel like they would want a bit more flexibility than just, you know, shuffling a guy up and down. Yeah, I mean, I don't like them in net still, but I think that, um, like, if you let Evgeny Melkin walk, like, who are you getting in free agency to replace him? It'd be a downgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like I. So I feel like it's as as much as silly as it might feel to keep a team together that's been bounced in the first round. What? How many years in a row now? Uh, one, Five. two, four years in a row. Four years in a row. Like, it's... and actually, one of those years they didn't even make it to the first round. Right. So I mean, like, <laughs> I can I can see where people would be like, well, you know, keeping the band together seems kind of silly, but I don't know how you replace Evgeny Malkin if you let him go either. It's it's one of those catch twenty two things where I think they're. 
you know, they're 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 good enough to be there. I just don't know if they've got the the tools to go all the way. Um, speaking of the re-signings, I forgot they also re-signed Casey DeSmith as well, who I think is a very capable backup goalie. So mm-hmm. they got that one done. Mm-hmm. The only player they're really not bringing back is Evan Rodriguez, and that was someone I thought would it would benefit him as far as his career standpoint to return but he just got a new agent and when that happens that says oh he's in it for the money all the way and and And, pittsburgh they did also pick up uh they picked up jan ruta on a three-year deal mm -hmm. um just uh, just under three or uh yeah just under three million bucks which i like jan ruta i think two and three quarters is a bit rich but maybe that's me it's a bit rich, but he will fill in the void left by whoever they moved out, who's more expensive on that blue line. Sure, and 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 you know, Andy Mann is also mentioning, and we mentioned it as well back when we did that show. You know, the the Penguins, you know, if they wanted to, they could trade Jason Zucker tomorrow. So yep. they have options. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, to Carolina for future considerations. <laughs> considerations. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, Sergachev uh, is going to be in Tampa Bay for eight more years at eight point five million AAV. I like Sergachev. I don't know. I mean, this—he's probably worth the eight point five. Yeah. I think this makes. Mm. I think this makes sense. I think he definitely deserves the the money that he was given today. I just—it's <laughs> like, man, oh man, where are they going to come up with that cap space? They're going to have a roster of like off. six guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, Sergachev had a funny interview, guys, uh, today, though, because he was like, yeah, you know, play for John Cooper. He's a really good coach. Uh, He's really hard on us. I mean, not like kicking us or anything like that. And I'm (laughs) like, like where? What? I mean, we're going Bill Peters here? Like... And then and then he says, but he wants me to play physical, and so I try to be not like cross checking or like kicking. Or, and I'm going, what the heck are you talking about? What kind of upbringing did Mikhail Sergachev get? Like he's really getting into the semantics of it all. Yeah, I'm. I like when people though. have to communicate in their like second or third language. <laughs> I'm very. I, this one has has me peaked a little bit. So, good player, obviously. Yes, the, player. the 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 points tell you that. Block shots like you wouldn't believe. He hits. He's got takeaways. It. The, he's the complete package. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half million bucks is a lot. I mean, he's making more than Victor Hedman, and you know, I know Ian. You know, Victor Hedman gets a lot of publicity because he's Victor Hedman. I know yes. that that's how you feel, but. You know, Victor Hedman has a Norris Trophy. Victor he Hedman, Victor Hedman has scored more than thirty-eight points in a season. Mm-hmm. So, I like the player. I think Tampa Bay would be stupid to get rid of him, whether that's trade or they released him yeah. for some. Exactly. Yeah. McDonough. Then they had to give away Ryan McDonough for nothing. Mm-hmm. They have to keep Sergachev. Aside from the fact that he's a young player, he's really good. Really good he player. Is good. He's really good. Yeah. But but I think and and eight years. I'm fine with eight years. I mean, he's. You know, he's uh, he's 24, totally fine with eight years, but eight and a half million is very rich for me. Now, maybe you know he played 22 minutes or averaged 22 minutes this year. Maybe with McDonough gone, maybe that goes up to 24 minutes, 25 minutes, and that's where your extra offense comes. But that, as good of a player he is, as important of a player he is, the eight and a half million is a gamble, if you ask me. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Tampa for 23-24 has 12 players signed. Their cap hit is 79.7 million, just under 3.8 million cap space to fit seven skaters just to ice a full lineup. They got they they have Brent Seabrook yeah. 6.875 that they can stash on long term though. Yeah, and now now with Sergachev though, I don't think his contract kicks in until Correct. the Next following year, yeah. year yeah. I think. And and same with Anthony and Sorelli Eric who Chernak. got a new deal today mm. too. And yeah, oh, Chernak, Chernak is. Too. I'm curious to know what you think about Chernak, Kevin. It's it's. I, I love Chernak, Chernak too, but eight years, five point two million a season for Eric Chernak. Okay, cool. I'm good with that. Yeah, I think that's fair for Chernak. Yeah, I I, I mean I, I really like Sergachev. I do I do horse eyes at the dollar amount a little bit though. But I think, mm-hmm. but look at I mean. I think when guys like Darnell Nurse are making nine and a half, does Sergachev make eight and a half? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's also, you know, I, I am curious, a couple things that I am curious about. So Eric Chernak, he played most of the year, pretty much all of the year, actually, with Ryan McDonough. And so I do I do wonder, okay, McDonough's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, are you with Sergachev? Are in you know Jan Root has gone. So do they do they put um, Hedman and Chernak together? You know, does Chernak play with Sergachev? I mean, who's to say? But you know, Chernak's sort of safety blanket, so to speak, is now gone. I'm curious to see how that affects him. I still, you know, we obviously like Chernak on this podcast, so I don't think ultimately I don't think it will be an issue. But I am curious to see where it goes. It's point. also worth mentioning, I think. That yes, okay. So the Lightning, who are famously strapped by the cap, uh, just <laughs> committed, you know, like twenty-three million dollars uh, starting next year. You know, the experts say that by twenty twenty-four, the salary cap is going to be close to ninety million. So it, it is a lot to bank on. But mm-hmm. if 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 you are somebody who likes to look two, three, four years down the road, the Lightning could get cap help just by virtue of the cap going up right and yeah. same with the sharks and same with every other team you know um sticking in the east claude Giroux, uh is in ottawa for three years at 6.5 million aav I, I really like everything ottawa's done is it enough that are they going to make the playoffs i don't know i think they're going to be a glass cannon to be completely honest like That's i think fair. they're going to score a ton of goals but they're also going to allow a ton of goals <laughs> Look, look, Ottawa has an incredible amount of youth coming in here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the Barracuda in a way. I mean, this is this is substantially bigger than the Barracuda, obviously. Correct. But, but they have a lot of youth coming in. They already have a lot of youth. Josh Norris has already been long around long enough to be a restricted free agent. Um, <laughs> and to bring in Claude Giroux, an established veteran, over a thousand games played, and uh, no, obviously no Stanley Cup, but still a lot of experience. There's a experience lot of really good that. players without wing, without rings. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's the perfect player to help bring these guys along for them to 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 mentor them while still being a really good player at his age. Well, so, and only at only six and a half million too, as well, and a so. good contract hit. Yeah, so I think I think everything about this is perfect for Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to get they need to get Josh Norris signed. Um, mm-hmm. But aside from that, I mean, 
Alex Formanton, Matthew Joseph. I mean, these are guys that shouldn't take too much work to get signed. Same with Eric Branstrom. I know he's kind of a he's an interesting prospect at this point in the game, but yeah. I think he's still a guy worth keeping around. But like yeah. to your point, Kevin, like Josh Norris, that's like the big one they need to take yeah. care of. And then you know, and then they're in there. I mean, I think you know, a bold statement here, but you know, you've got Norris, Kachuk, Giroux. We didn't even talk about Debrinket. Yeah, you know? no. yeah. Batherson, Stutzla. They brought in Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ottawa, I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs, but they're sniffing around. And definitely. Does Ottawa have one of the best top sixes in the league? They might. I just, again, I just think they're a glass cannon. Yeah. Ottawa, I think, is has a little bit of a better trajectory than Anaheim did last year, where Anaheim came out on fire and then mm-hmm. the wheels fell off. I think mm-hmm. Ottawa is going to come out on fire this next season, and then the wheels are going to fall off, but they're going to still be sniffing around the playoffs. I'm with you, jerk. I think they're not going to make the playoffs, but um, they, they might sneak in a wild card, maybe. But again, the Metro is such a gong show that they could the metro could easily take the wild card spots themselves the, the, mm-hmm. the good news for ottawa is they get to play against matt murray this season that's true <laughs> and i think the other thing too like like i do have questions about toronto especially in net i think they they took a big gamble um which is why kyle dubas needs to hire me now before he gets fired in the offseason um I have questions. I think Ottawa could take advantage of a team that I think is going to fall backwards a little bit, like in the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I just don't think it's enough. I will, by all accounts, they are um, actively looking for uh, a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Was kind of hoping that they, you know. Ottawa seems like the type of people who would pay good price for Brent Burns and not think twice about it. So I was kind of hoping that that was going to all come down. But, you know, maybe Ottawa is a sleeper for John Klingberg. I don't I don't think they are. I think Klingberg probably has three teams he'd prefer to go to over Ottawa. But maybe Ottawa is a sleeper. You know, maybe. And again, there's a lot of guys available for trade, too. You know, the Jacob Chikrin has kind of been married to them for the last couple of weeks now. And. I do agree with you, Ian. I, I think mm. they are a bit of a glass cannon. They're going to score a lot of goals. But outside of outside of Shabbat and Artem Zub, that blue line is um, it's pretty suspect. It's something. There's been a lot of rumors about Mac Weger being traded from Florida yeah. to Ottawa. And, and I, yeah, and Weger would be really nice for them, I think. I am, but I'm with you. Gla- definitely glass cannon. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but... If they get a defenseman, they're going to be interesting to watch. They're going to be fun. It's going to be a fun that's team to kind watch. Because that's kind of, the, you know, the forwards I think are good. Maybe they need a bottom six guy. Maybe they need Balsers back. and Or Dolan. He was drafted by them. And, you know, the goaltending is dialed in with Cam Talbot. It's really the blue line that is kind of, you know, 50-50 for mm-hmm. me. If they can get a defenseman, I don't know that I want to say playoffs, but I feel a lot more comfortable saying it. Um, yeah, so I, answering Tiger in the chat, I do have my Toronto Maple Leafs jersey on. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, nice. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, last one I thought I'd finish on this one. Um, <laughs> the Leafs reverse retro, yeah, it is. Uh, Robert Thomas in St. Louis, uh, eight years, 8.125 AAV. Very expensive contract. 
and I like Robert Thomas. I, and that's that's the thing. I think Robert Thomas is a he's a very unique player. He is a incredible passer. I mean, he had mm-hmm. I believe what he had fifty seven assists this year. Like he's he's very unique. He's physical. He's a hell of a passer, and he kind of does everything you want him to do. And I like the player. Yeah. Again, I think he's a unicorn, but eight and a quarter million. I mean, that's you're banking on him, you know, what he did this year. Uh, you're banking on him doing it again. And I would say that's probably likely, but it's not guaranteed. The the contracts like that, Robert Thomas making eight and a quarter makes me stomach Nico Sturm at $2 million a whole lot more. And I, they're not the same player. I'm not comparing. Right. I'm just saying salary comparison. I'm like, yeah, Nico Sturm making one-fourth of what Robert Thomas makes sounds about right. But wow, oh, wow. And <laughs> I, I don't – I mean, they have Robert Thomas's rights. It's not like he was going to be escaping the unrestricted free agency anytime mm-hmm. soon. So I don't – know why they felt the need to do this like paying him that amount of money isn't going to help Vladimir Tarasenko who wants out of St. Louis like he still wants out of St. Louis Um, so I I don't know if it's I don't know I just I don't I don't know where the Blues are going with that one like I can't believe he's making more than six million I think they're banking because again, like fifty-seven assists. I mean, that's crazy. I think they're. I mean, I think they're yeah. banking on him taking another step forward. I mean, he's, you know, he's twenty-three. You know, but you're right, Kevin. Like that is a lot of dollars for, you know, maybe if you want to, if you want to split hairs, six and a half million dollars worth of work, seven million on a on a crappy team. It, I, the type of player Robert Thomas is. I think ultimately he will be worth the contract, but it's a it's a choice to do it now. I'm curious, like, what does this mean for Jordan Cairo? Yeah, that's a guy I would love the Sharks to take a sniff on. I'm curious, I especially would really because like then to, he'd like, stop scoring against us every time we play the Blues. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to reach out to like I'd love I I would love to hear the the Blues the, the Let's Go Blues guys take on it. I'm sure they have a show that I can go. Uh, listen to because I'm curious what they what they think about the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it, uh, that one. Uh, I did not expect that one today. My eyes definitely bulged out of my head when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, look at there was a bunch of other signings today. I thought those were were the the super interesting ones. Um, I'm sure there's other ones that are probably super interesting too. Darcy Kemper going to yeah, Washington. Yeah, Darcy Kemper going to I mean, a lot of the goalie moves I think are, are Which we interesting. all called. <laughs> yeah. We all called that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we got all the obvious I, ones. <laughs> right, that's, that's the thing. One of my favorite treat, tweets of the day, I don't remember his full name, but I think it was Tim something. He said, a year or the off season, like the week after Washington won the cup, mm-hmm. Washington traded Philip Grubauer to Colorado. And then a week after Colorado wins the cup or a couple weeks or whatever, Colorado loses Darcy Kemper to the Capitals. So Everything comes kind around. Kind of a weird crossover there. Do you guys think Kemper was overpaid? I, I don't think so. Um, five million bucks, right? Yeah. 
I think that's fine. I, I almost wonder if it's the same thing as Jack Campbell. The dollars are fine. The term has me a little sus. Here's yeah. my problem with the Darcy Kemper contract. Because I think I think it's warranted. And Darcy Kemper, I mean, five and a quarter. Million. Darcy Kemper is a goalie who I think when we first started doing this show, he was holding out of Minnesota out of his entry level contract. And it's like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? So he, you know, he, he wants to be paid. It seems like he's a really nice, genuine guy. Like he really does when he he's his interviews are awesome. I like I think he's got a great personality, but he wants to get paid. You mm-hmm. know, I think this contract holds up or or could hold up to be the worst of the day and not wow. because of the player, because of the situation. I think Washington is on the downturn. They're losing Nicholas Backstrom maybe for forever. Mm-hmm. And I their pipeline is starting to get a bit depleted, not it's not bad. I just don't know if there's a whole lot of true NHL caliber guys left in their pipeline outside of like Hendrick Lapierre coming in. They've got Connor McMichael, um, but these are not players who are going to be filling Backstrom's shoes. Mm-hmm. The wild card that is Evgeny Kuznetsov. You never know <laughs> what's going to happen there. I think if Washington doesn't figure it out defensively, they're falling out of the playoffs and then. Kemper's contracts looking like a complete bust. I mean, murder, like death, the death division of the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, no, I, 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 that's a good point, Kevin, because every, everything is sort of happening at once for them. You know, I mean, yeah, like, you, right. You know, all, all the things you mentioned, but it, as it is, you know, I've not been, I've not been pumped with their blue line since they won the Stanley no. Cup. And no. and they've done nothing to address that since. And obviously, John Carlson is a really good defenseman. I like Dmitry Orlov, but everybody mm-hmm. else, I'm like, like, are you an NHL defenseman? Like, maybe... I like Kemp- I like Kempney, but Kempney's he's gone. kind of a shell of what he once was. And he's gone. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. You know, Palat's uh, deal in the Devils is apparently a 6 by a 5 by 6 sorry. Okay. I'm I like Andre Palat. I'm a little if I'm a Devils fan, I'm a little mm, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but it was very obvious to me that Palat had his most success um when he was with Stamkos. Mm-hmm. And so if for whatever reason Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, you know, if they they're obviously not Steven Stamkos, but if they can't get him the puck, I could see you know, at six million bucks, I could see Palat be like a forty-five point guy, which would be brutal for them. Yeah, I, I think it's like a lot of like Tampa guys when they leave Tampa Bay. I always, I'm always like good for them, but I'm always a little sus with the number. Well, it, the, well, prime example, thing. dude. Prime example, dude. Nemesnikov, Tampa Bay traded him when he was having a career year, and mm. he hasn't even gotten close to that since they traded him away. Now he's back with Tampa. <sighs> And I and I, I think it's kind of smart. I mean, he he played his best hockey with Stamkos and Kucherov. You lose Palat, why not just throw him back there and and you know get some cheap, cheap, uh, top line production. Uh, Lanical, thanks for the uh, donation. Brilliant show tonight, guys. Yes, we do our best. Shout out to Lanical. Shout out to Lanical. Um, I mean, I think this is probably on that note. I think this is probably a good place that we can put this thing to bed a little bit of an old school TTG uh, tonight. Um, But (laughs) I don't, 
I don't think we're going to make this a regular thing again. I'd like to get back to our for, shows where we kind of get a topic and and hammer it out. For those for those of you who um, who mm-hmm. joined late, um, thanks for still tuning in. And we swear we did talk about the sharks for over yes. an hour. It was just the first half of the show. Um, so go back and rewatch if you joined. Yeah, late, I mean we had over a hundred people at peak time. I mean, super super awesome. Um, one twenty. Yeah, is I, what I, I saw. I've got so many other screens going on, so I haven't seen. But I, I appreciate. Obviously, look at. We appreciate everyone uh, hanging out with us tonight. If you like, um, like obviously, like when sharks things happen, we're we're gonna talk about it. But we also talk about like about just a bunch of other cool stuff too, or dumb stuff depending on your opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And I, so if you like, if you like, you know, the more of the what's going around, you know, on around the league or, you know, opinions of other teams from, from our perspective, uh, definitely uh, keep tuning in the summer. Cause again, we're going to talk about um, for sure, for sure things we're going to do. Like we're definitely going to talk about all the Pacific division teams. One, you know, that's seven shows right there. Plus God knows what else will happen. I think it's going to be uh, super awesome. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Kevin Lacey, final thoughts. Well, I see we got a poll in the chat, and I don't agree with either <laughs> one of the options there. Um, for me, I think it's just stay the course if you are a Sharks fan. I hope that this show tonight um, brought you at least a little more, I don't know, helped you get a little more patient with the process. It's going to be a process. There's no quick fix. Mike Greer's been around yeah. for nine days, officially for nine days. Um, I'm wearing the, I, this wasn't even planned. I'm wearing my The Story So Far shirt for the Sharks. And that's what this is. This is The Story So Far. And we're only at about the TH of the yeah. process, maybe even just the T. So just let Mike Greer do his thing. In a couple of years, if it sucks, then we can all hate him. But let's just let's just chill out here. I, I was surprised, actually, though. A lot of people were in agreement with me uh, online, so um, <laughs> I always appreciate that. I thought I was going to be butting heads with Hockey Jerk all night on this show, um, so I'm glad we kept that peace, peaceful. Um, but thanks for, for joining. I'm at Kevin Lacey 22 on most social media platforms. Uh, hockey jerk final thoughts. <laughs> I'm just laughing that you were surprised that people agreed with you. Like, because you've good, you've good takes, man, oh, you man. know. No, like, the thing is, the, the the first people who were out there were like, "Oh my god, this is the worst thing ever!" And then the people who shared my opinions started to creep yeah, in from there. And, and I, I and oh, I okay. think it would I like specifically with the Burns trade, but obviously the signing as well. Could it be better? Sure. Should it be better? Sure. Yeah. But none of the, even the Burns trade, none of these teams are hurting the Sharks' chances at making the playoffs. You know, if anything, you know, if anything, they've stayed exactly the same. And I, you know, I was very flustered when it all came down because. As I've said, you know, he Mike Greer's been GM for nine days, and the only moves he liked was, or the only moves I liked was trading down for picks, and we know how that happened, and you know, getting a new soda sponsor at the tank, and that is doesn't mean shit because I don't live in San Jose, so I, <laughs> you know, I was very flustered with the whole thing. But then you take a step back and you really think about it, you know, Vegas let the Sharks off the hook for worst trade of the day, which was very nice of them, and. There's a plan. 
we don't know where the plan is going. We don't know where this road is taking us, but it's taking us somewhere. And I'm curious to see what happens, whether that's Couture, whether that's LeBanc, whether that's Aiden Hill, whoever goes out next, if anyone goes out next. I am curious to see what happens because, like, you know, whatever you think about the type of player that Mike Greer wants, he doesn't want the Sharks to be shitty. Like, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to, like you said earlier, Kevin, trust the process. The story so far. And we'll see. We have a new poll, by the way. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, I think my final thoughts are, are, are kind of in a similar vein, right? Like, again, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not super excited by anything Mike Greer has done so far. And maybe I don't like the way all the pieces are going together. But, I mean, I'm not, like, I don't want people to come away from that thinking, like, oh, my God, bring back Doug Wilson. Like, I, Doug Wilson left this team in absolute shambles. It's going to take some time to undo the late reign of Doug Wilson. That's just the reality of it. There's, there's contracts that were thought to be near impossible to move, and some of those still exist. But one of them moved today. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to let this play out. I haven't, you know, completely damned the Mike Greer era of San Jose Sharks, but I just, I just hope there's something that happens at some point where I'm going, yeah, fuck yeah. We finally did something that I, you know, I'm super excited about. Um, and I think that's, I think that's the problem I have with this team right now. There's on the NHL side, there's really nothing I'm excited about this season. I think the season's going to be rough i'm way more excited for the barracuda than i am the sharks that's just where i am and i think it's going to take a lot to change that perspective especially if we're going to have a bunch of you know if we're going to have three third lines and all and everyone that's interests me is on the barracuda i mean that will definitely divert my eyes there more um but that's that's you know it, it is what it is at this point we gotta we gotta have it play out and see what happens um Obviously, again, this was a long show. I appreciate everybody for being here. If you are catching this on the audio, I hope we didn't kill your dog by having him walk for two and a half hours and potentially really hot heat for you guys are. Um, you know, and if you ever want to follow me on Twitter at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine, I generally respond. Like if you tweet at me with a question, I respond 99.9% .9 of the time, unless I think the question is just, someone trolling me um but yeah i mean other than that let me just uh get us out of here um again if you like what you hear please subscribe uh hit this hit the bell get notified when we do videos we do videos a lot like we've done a lot of videos in the past just few days right and as things happen we're gonna cover it um also you know subscribe follow us on twitter facebook wherever your your whatever your poison is you can probably find us there um, but other than that, guys, we really appreciate you being here. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back sooner than later. And with that, good night.